you know, half the time they were talking about shit that I didn't even keep. You know, they're talking about ball pythons, but you can still learn from that. And I think like sometimes people are closed minded and they're like, oh, I'm not going to learn anything from this because they're talking about ball pythons. Well, like it all crosses over. Yes. You can learn a ton of shit. This is From the Ground Up, the story of me starting my reptile business. Forty-two. My beer and not the microphone. So that's great. <laughs> that's a start. So, mm-hmm. guys, thank you so much for joining us from the ground up, number forty-two, with Eric Burke. Real quick, I wanted to talk about. We just updated our website. It would be sweet if you went over and visited portcitypythons.com. We have shirts out. We have a bunch of new stuff. Finally, it doesn't say we sell ball pythons still. for some reason, we couldn't get the code (laughs) to change to where it said, for some reason, it always just said selling quality ball pythons. And I could never figure out how to change it because I'm not a programmer and I'm fucking stupid, apparently. And the shirts, by the way, um, you may be asking yourself, like, hey, what sweatshop were they made at? (laughs) Okay. I'm like, hey, bro, these are non-sweatshop. (laughs) Um, fair labor shirts man and also you're like that sounds really expensive and bad for the environment and it's actually all solar like solar panel powered and because we're so earth conscious over here you know running uh heat a space running a space heater 24 hours a day for a closet we're so earth conscious yeah all these snake people bouncing it out yeah. Them out. I just need to keep a room in my house 80 degrees when it's 30 out. I mean, but so good for no the worries. Whatever. But anyway, I'm fucking hitting my own headphones. We have Eric here. Eric from EB Morelia. And of course, all you guys know Morelia Python Radio. Eric, first of all, thank you oh, so shoot. much for being here. And um, tell us a little bit about your business. Uh, well, um,. Wow. So I, I've always been in the snakes since I was a little kid. Typical story. Um, my first uh, delf, uh, uh, jumping into pythons was a Burmese python when I was 10, I think. Probably not the best pet to get <laughs> when, when you're 10. Your parents, uh, fell in love was with that them. easy to convince them of that? Like <laughs> Well, my dad is, um, he was big time in the reptile. So he kept everything from crocodilians to venomous to pythons to, I mean, you name it, he had it. And um, uh, I, I was into it for a while. Then I got out of it when um, uh, I, I think I turned like maybe 15. I got into guitar and forgot all about snakes <laughs> for guitar can get you girls snakes that's, don't damn that was my thought too and i i'm not gonna say that because i thought it was wrong yeah, but, yeah. but i mean so, I uh, the same the same thing yeah and i got out until i was about 30 and i got a house and all that stuff and settled down and i figured it was time to get back in um it was crazy when i got back in because they, I never knew what, like I went to the NRABC, NARBC show in, um, it was actually in Philadelphia and there was like het this and het that. And I'm like, what the hell does het mean? What, what is this? You know, cause when I was first in it, they didn't, there was no that such thing. Well, there was, but nobody cared about morphs and stuff, but, um, I don't know. I just started keeping snakes and whatnot. And, um, I don't know. Pythons. My goal was to uh, keep and breed uh, as many species of pythons as I could. 
Um, for a while, I got derailed and kind of just focused on carpet pythons, um, which is probably the majority of my collection. And that's where EB Morelia came from. Um, I don't know. Everybody was doing ball pythons or royal pythons. Sorry, Bill. And uh, <laughs> um, I wanted to do something different. And carpet pythons seemed to be the uh, hardiest python that I ever kept. Um they're just bulletproof. I mean, you have to be pretty bad to kill a carpet python. Um, and I don't know. I, I you know, I, I saw Bullwinkle. I don't know if you remember that. <laughs> from, uh, Anthony Caponetto. Um, and that just kind of did it for me. And then I, I just went down that road. Recently, though, I have started to uh, diversify a bit. You are doing what scares the fuck out of me, and you're collecting so many different species. So, um, how many species are you at now, and how many species species are there? I'm at 32, and I think there's wow. 53 species of python. Whoa! And then next year, when new shit comes out, and then there'll be 66 species of python. <laughs> everything up, so you're gonna yeah. be fucked. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's always... like that never-ending chase you know but. yeah so are you gonna go with attention to like i don't know a python example but like with colubrids sometimes we'll get subspecies that eventually become species and how particular are you getting with it so scrubs are a good example of this i i, I probably get some backlash for saying this but like chondros or green trees, um, you know, when they first came out, everybody was just trying to breed them. So they're breeding northerns and southerns, but they're two different species. So in reality, that's a hybrid if you want to look at it that way. Um, and, you know, I believe that that same thing applies. I'm looking at my scrub python across the room right now. So it's, um, but uh, at you too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh I think the same thing probably applies to scrub pythons. So I keep the northerns separate than the southerns. And I have a northern, a pair of northerns, a pair of southerns, and a pair of highlands. And I'm just going to keep them separate. So you so. can call yourself a splitter among people. You're not, uh, you're not mixing bread lie with jungles. and. <laughs> I'm not against that. I mean, yeah. I, I have a saying on my show. I say, you do you, boo. Um, you know, you do. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, I don't, I, don't, I don't think – I think if people worried about what they do and not worried about what other people do, then um, I don't know. It would be a much better hobby uh, yeah. in my opinion, you know. But yeah, uh, I don't know. Really will care that ever happen? It never happens in any group. I mean, there's a, <laughs> no. there's millions of Facebook groups dedicated to worrying about what everyone else is doing. I mean, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Too worried yeah. about calling out everyone else instead of worrying about their own shit. But I mean, as far as keeping, yeah. go oh, ahead. Oh. No, no, no. Go ahead. Um, so as far as keeping all the different species of pythons. How do you plan on um, maybe separating things or keeping things together as far as I know I keep my carpets maybe 85, 86 degrees when you may keep a ball python, 90, you may keep a blood, 83, you know, all these different ways of keeping. How do you plan on doing that? Okay, so I have three rooms. I have right now I'm in my cold room. So this is I guess it's probably like maybe – 65 ambient maybe um and uh i keep my diamond pythons in here bread lie 
um, my Poplins in here, my Moluccans in here. Um, what else? So, and you know, it's it's just uh, keeping this room cool and putting basking spots. Whereas in my other room, it's just basically eighty-three degrees ambient temperature with the space heater. And then I'm building another room for the bigger snakes, which will be a little bit warmer. So, jeez. <laughs> we're like scrounging between a closet and one room and he just has three different rooms working like yeah we got a build toward <laughs> but as far as um are you keeping hot spots on everything are you running some things ambient or i run ball pythons ambient um a lot of my baby carpets i keep ambient um uh chondros i keep ambient um what else um trying to think the short tails um i keep them ambient too but other than that most stuff has a hot spot but i think we keep snakes too warm yeah and i usually shoot for 85 hot spot is where i right. where that happy spot is now with the bigger snakes like retics i'm kind of new to keeping retics and i've heard some people say to keep them warmer some people say to keep them cooler so i don't know i'll i'll kind of watch the snake and see how it goes you know? Yeah, at some point you gotta like It's not everything's written down Not everyone's keeping in the same place As far as I changed husbandry When I was in Colorado To now in Texas So I think people need to always be flexible And never like be in one camp or another As far as yes. you know, heat and humidity And all that shit goes Yeah, I mean the biggest thing that I learned Doing the show, talking to so many different people Was like, you know the, I think the biggest mistake that people make when they're getting into any species is they, you know, they look up a care sheet online uh, and then they think that, you know, it's like they're baking a cake or something. It's like, no, you're not yeah. baking a cake, you know, <laughs> you're keeping something alive. And I think that people don't know how to read their snakes as, mm -hmm. and, you know, they're not like paying attention to what they're doing. Like if you have a hot spot and the snake moves over to the cool side and it's always on the cool side or like trying to push away, like it's trying to get away from that hot spot, then you're probably keeping keeping it too warm so you adjust it down a little bit and then if you see it basking all the time then you know that's that would be the opposite issue so maybe you have to raise right. the temperature a little bit you know so okay that's kind of how i do it what exact temperature are you keeping say i'm just worried i'm just wondering for my own yeah this isn't even about the podcast this is just about him <laughs> like just wanting to pick your brain for his own his own sake so like what do you mean what species or um ambience for maybe you're keeping your chondros or are you keeping the chondros and oh wait ball pythons you just went stuff. really dark yeah my hold on one sec my, you, gotta, but... you gotta keep that photo period down in the way yeah i forgot to turn the photo period on for a little bit longer my fault um so basically in my – I'll use my, my regular room, my main room. Um, the ambient temp usually is somewhere between 80 and 82. Probably sometimes it spikes up to 84, uh, and my hot spots are 85. Now, I kind of like put the – like I put cooler – species you know things that maybe needed a little bit cooler not as hot on the bottom and you know things like uh darwin's and ij's i keep at the top okay i, so I kind of follow it like ij's darwin's jungles coastals inlands bread lie if they were in there so almost north to south besides the bread lie 
basically south to north. north to, <laughs> yeah. I don't know what side of the equator I'm on. But <laughs> as, far as, as far as feeding, there's a few different ideas. Um, big meals less often, just size of the body meal. Bu- what do you do? I believe in cycle feeding. I think that uh, the the you know, I think that they respond to that. I think in nature, um, cycles are how it works. You know, I think it works for feeding as well. Now, the downside to doing that is like when I cool down, I don't feed anything. So basically from December until March, I don't feed anything. Everything mm. from adults to babies, I don't feed nothing. Now. Wow. My babies take a little longer to mature, but I think it makes for a healthier animal overall Okay. in my experience. So um, as far as size of meal, I would say eh, it's average, you know, size of snake. I don't feed anything crazy, you know, like okay. Um, I started messing around with Reptilinks and like trying to vary up the diet. Um, I've had some pretty good success with it. Um, I try to feed them like some, you know, I might feed them African sulfurs or quail, rats, mice, you know, that kind of thing. Just switch so. it up if you can. Yeah. I mean, if we ate chocolate bars every day for the rest of your life, you probably would survive, but it's not healthy, you know? So, you know, you kind of have to, I, I don't know. Yeah. I think maybe, um, the generation before us set the bar at things surviving. Maybe we should you know, yes. go higher and start making things thrive maybe more as much as we can. Yeah. I mean, you know, I talk to a, like people a lot and like when you're talking to like old school guys and, and you know, they've done something for so long and it works even Owen, when I talk to Owen, like Owen's Owen's the he's the guy that does the podcast with me, but um, are you calling him old school? Are you calling him old right now? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> he's, no, I'm <laughs> actually I'm older he's than like, him. He's older than him. <laughs> yeah. But like they get in this routine and it works for them and they never want to try to optimize it. So like if you are like doing this routine and it works, but you may not get all your females to breed or you may get some slugs or you may get retained eggs or whatever, they just chalk it up to – I'm not saying that. Owen does Whatever. all the time. But, yeah. You know, they, but, they, yeah. just, they just chalk it up to, oh, yeah, well, that's just how it happens. It happens. That's how, yeah. And it does, but, like, is part of that maybe we could, you know, give better nutrition to that. Like, it seems like with lizards and monitors and stuff like that, like, they have that stuff dialed in. But when it comes to snakes, it's just like, all right, well, what does it need to survive? And that's it. You know, then we stop. So Right. I feel like people try a little bit harder maybe because the intellect of a monitor or something is higher than your snake. You can't really take as many cues visually, I guess, off a snake in comparison to a monitor. Yeah. Or at least yeah. maybe maybe you feel worse treating a monitor badly <laughs> than a fucking snake. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, speaking of feeding, even though this is totally off topic, <laughs> um, so – in the live stream there's a chat going and in the future we should definitely tell them how to pull it up because they can pull it up too they they would he would just have to have the same thing up we have just like they can all see it he just would have to pull it up but there's a chat going on in the youtube he just needs to go to watch the thing Mm -hmm. um and evan said i need you to ask him which queso he preferred the regular or spicy so i know for future reference 
Well, Evan, sorry to say I did not eat the queso. That was Mr. McIntyre that ate the queso. I'm not a queso fan, so. Well, he's from Go Philly, spicy. so just put some cheese whiz in the fucking bowl. And yeah, right. Wait, is this a Carpet Fest reference? Mm-hmm. How did I yes. know? Also, Evan's making fun of your, uh, like, insurance salesman headset no i like them he said it's i'm just saying it was evan but then we don't have he doesn't have to hold these things like we do that's yeah hey i need freedom man i need freedom to move around i'm a maniac maniac i might start jogging in the middle of this thing or something but yeah he's he's not connected sometimes i just lose track of what the fuck i'm talking about and then um, someone else said you're something. Getting us off track. I'm just man. getting finished right, with on. these so we can get back. Someone said something about meatloaf. I don't know if they're talking about the I think, person I think meatloaf. He was talking about that he looks like the singer meatloaf. Oh shit! <laughs> Which is <fucking> funny. <laughs> I don't know if it's true, but it's definitely funny. <laughs> Right. I, hey, whatever. <laughs> that's why I don't. Everyone, that's why I don't do a YouTube show. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> everyone on the show gets a gets a nickname, and um, yeah. Ryan Ryan donkey. So yes, you know. yeah, Ryan's is the worst. <laughs> so you can only go up. Uh, low. Awesome. Uh, okay, now we can go back to right. topic. So. <laughs> What I'm trying to get an idea of how many animals you have. What are your numbers like? <laughs> Ooh, I know you probably uh, don't have a number, but I mean, ballpark it. Maybe 220. Holy fuck. <laughs> yeah, I knew you would. How surprised. do you live a normal life? <laughs> that is a good question. I, mean, like, I don't know. How, how do you do life with that? <laughs> um. It's uh, I'm very regimented, let's say, I guess, what you know, systems I, I are in place very... and how does it work exactly? <laughs> um, so every, uh, you know, I take, I divide my room up into sections and every day I do a section, you know, I'll, I'll take this set. So it's basically, uh, four days that, you know, just in there looking at taking care of things and I'll spot clean or whatever. And then two days I spend on, uh, well, maybe sometimes three days on the podcast. So that's pretty much the week. Yeah. There's your (laughs) life right there. (laughs) Yeah. So, so you're, you're either cleaning or feeding or, you know, everything has its own day. Each section has its own day of everything. Yeah. So I like to feed, I will feed a rack. So I'll feed the rack before or the, the section before, and then I'll clean the section that I fed the day before. Does that make sense? Like, yes, like a, a succession, succession thing. Yeah. So then that way, if if something doesn't feed, then I you know I pull it out or whatever. Um, but I feed a- frozen salt. So yeah, I mean that's really something that I need to do. As far as like I'm just willy nilly. I'll when <laughs> something smells or you know every Monday I clean. But that's mm-hmm. the one. That's the one thing that I have a day for. Otherwise, man, I may forget <laughs> to feed a carpet for like three weeks. I mean, I purposefully don't feed them a lot. But I'll be like, when's right. the last time? Maybe a month, and then like, cool. <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. Um, I do. Yeah, I don't really like once a month or you know. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I don't necessarily have a feeding schedule per se. Like, I don't like every Tuesday I feed this, and you know what I mean. That's just like. It looks, I usually watch, you know, if they're cruising around, then I feed them, you know, okay. again, going back to paying attention to your snakes. 
Yeah. I feel like if you did that for your carpets, you'd be feed, feeding well, every Well, now, just all the males are going <laughs> They're crazy. They're just cruising so. 24 <laughs> And then the yeah. olive python just always hungry. So it's like some things are, it's hard. How cool are they, man? I mean, pythons. Oh my gosh, they're yeah. they're like such a badass snake, so underrated, in my opinion. Um, how many olives do you have, and do you have? I just have a pair, uh, head albino olives. Um, Ooh. Oh yeah, just a Ooh. pair. Of head like that's, that's definitely a step above. Like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're pretty cool. I got most. Well, I got them from Nick Mutton. Nick Mutton mm-hmm. produced those. So. The Godfather. That's what we've named him. <laughs> yeah. Nick was, um, I was afraid of Nick back in the early days because like, <laughs> he was like, uh, like, I don't know if you remember Morelia Python's forum, but like his, um, avatar on Morelia Python's forum was some guy just punching somebody in the face. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, wow, this guy's insane. Labeled, and, and like, <laughs> uh, with a tire kicker underneath. <laughs> yeah. Punching him in the face. And, um, you know, he was like, uh, I tried contacting him because way back in the day, I wanted to get some bread lie. And, um, you know, I, I, I'm a fan of, you know, find out who has the best of whatever you're looking for and get it from that person, you know? So everybody talked about Nick's bread lie. So I contacted him and he's one of these guys. He loves talking on the phone. My God, you get on the phone with him and it's like, yeah, you're there for like four hours or so. And he doesn't want to text you or like anything like that. But, yeah. um, so we got to talking and actually we became pretty good friends because me and him are the same age. And, um, you know, he kind of took me under his wing and kind of like, you know, taught me the ways. He's my Obi-Wan Kenobi, if you will, you know. <laughs> so he's a godfather. He's a godson. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, we have like so many Morelia people just from like Morelia Python Radio from Carpet Fist and stuff like that. And um, at one day, Melissa was just like, who's this guy that you're all gay for? Like, I was like, oh, you know, Nick Martin, the guy who comes up in every fucking show somehow. Yeah, same with us, too. I mean, it's always a reference for to Nick, you know? For but, anything. Um, like, it's, yeah, just all the time. Nick Martin. Oh, uh, Nick Martin did this. Oh, this, this, this. But I yeah. want to stay in the genus of Lyasis, which is another <laughs> one of my favorite snakes, is water pythons. Yes, I have a pair of Queensland water pythons that were produced by Ryan Young, uh, another super underrated snake. Um, yeah. Yellow belly, the iridescence. I mean, it's, it's just insane. You know, if you're keeping carpets or anything like that, you should have a tub or whatever you know 41 quart tub and put some water pythons in there and show them some love <laughs> you know I definitely want more i really like ours it's one of our well I, I guess that's something to talk about ours is really really cool because i've made it really really cool <laughs> okay <How are> <laughs> <laughs> um you mean as far as like temperament and stuff no yeah, mine's, are, mine's are chill the tub oh okay oh yeah mine's are chill now Owen, Owen had this one, like you couldn't even go anywhere near the cage without, you know, you know, that's what you'd be like, holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah. So, but I mean, I noticed I don't that my, my olive and my water for the first maybe six months or so, they were that anywhere near the tub. They were crazy. Yeah. So no, I haven't noticed that. Um, 
Maclots, they're pretty chill, and Savus, they're pretty chill too. I don't, I don't really have. I feel like I, don't, I take that back. I forget ours is even in there half the time. Like the water's under the hide, under the newspaper, yeah, like, hiding. like, and the all is just pushing it or pushing the newspaper. Like they're, yeah. Although I just, um, it used to be a little bit different when it was a baby, not very approachable, and um, I rebuilt my rack when I came, when I moved to Colorado, I, you know, I flat packed all the racks and shit and put all the snakes in bags and did all that stuff. Right. And then I guess when I put it together, the space in between the, the tub and the top of the rack was a little bit bigger than it was before. So okay. um, I had to pee in the middle of the night <laughs> and um, I put the dog's water bowl in the bathroom so i went to the bathroom as i'm walking by just putting the light on something fucking about to bites me in the ankle and it's a water python hanging out in the water bowl just fucking hanging oh, well. out so surprised really you nice when it was young. <laughs> yeah but i'm glad i found that one yeah yeah they're cool snakes man cool snakes for sure have you ever bred them i have not not yet no Are no you going to Yes, eventually. Yes. <laughs> so he doesn't have a pair for no reason. Fingers crossed. You know. Yeah. I don't know. So as far as breeding, where are you right now this season? Going into the season, are you mostly carpets? Are you different python species? What do you got going? So this season, I am. Um, I may breed children's pythons, but other than that, it's pretty much all carpets. Um, there's a couple new species, or I should say subspecies on that list that might get crossed off. Darwins, I've never bred them before. Um, Are those all head I have on a No, actually the pair that I have <clears throat> was uh, from Terry Phillip, mm-hmm. and they're not head albino, so they're unrelated to the albino line. Um, Good, because they need some love because those animals are really attractive. I don't know why people don't – the albino-like kind of – I know nothing yeah. about them. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's so much potential there, breeding-wise, color. I mean, that's the same thing. I don't. I love IJs. Um, I think they're one of the coolest carpets. They have that big, beefy head, and like you know, as compared to their body, and there's so much breeding potential. Everybody focuses on jungles, which is cool. I love jungles too, but um, nobody, nobody pays attention to that other stuff and that's kind of like what i'm trying to do is selectively selectively breed that stuff to i mean i have ijs that would blow people's minds even owen is notorious for not liking ijs on the show and like he came (laughs) over the other day and i opened up a tub uh and he was like what the hell is that and i was like an ij and he said if you say this on the show that i like that i will kill you (laughs) i just did so (laughs) now i mean as an from an IJ perspective, isn't the best looking IJ going to look like a mediocre jungle mm. as far as yellow goes? Mm. No. What are you no, trying to no. breed into the IJs? So, oh my gosh, there's so many different. I, I mean, I have a melanistic project um, that's uh, poison ivy. I had, I stumbled across this uh, pretty much black, except for the face is white almost looks like a white lip python um and i'm trying to prove that out to see if that's something uh i got uh they're probably breed in 2019 uh i held back the whole clutch i didn't sell any of them but pretty much i think it works my guess would be that it works like the img gene and boas mm-hmm. because they just keep gaining melanin and gaining melanin so that's something completely different uh that re- there's a few people out there that are working with like a melanistic project type ij 
project. Um, as far as other ones, I have ones that are called chocolate where it's like, you know, very reduced, uh, almost like a pinstripe type of pattern, um, which would be like the yellow or the lighter color. And then everything else is kind of like that. I don't know if you've ever seen like, uh, I mean, uh, what would it be? It's like it's, it's like a nice brown. That's why I call it chocolate. Yeah, it's really, I don't know. It's, it's, <laughs> I don't know. It's it's a really cool cool look. Like I love it. Name. It looks like chocolate. Yeah. But you have some of these like wine maroony colors, like dark rich colors in the IJs with some yellows. Well, the thing with the thing with jungles is is that you have a two color palette. You have black and you have yellow. With IJs, you have four colors to work with that you can go in any direction. Like you could selectively breed for, you know, like the GQ line is um, is high yellow, high contrast. I have some that like it's like on the saddle, it kind of like slowly fades into this orange chestnutty color. And like they're just really cool. Very, very underrated. But give me about six years, man, and I'll blow people's <laughs> minds with IJs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So if anyone yeah. doesn't know, IMG stands for increasing melanin genes. So I saw you post. Yeah, I didn't know that. A, I just I shook my head. I posted a picture about a year ago or something of Poison Ivy's offspring. And it seems that like the pattern on the head was maybe getting more blackened and stuff like that. Um, haven't seen you post anything else other than that. Are they still getting more, <laughs> more black? Or? Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, it's it's. Uh... It's difficult to capture on I'm getting better with photography as you know the years go by but um, it's definitely def difficult to capture in a picture but what happens is every time it's shed like the saddles seem to shrink and they get more and more melon and if you look at it like it has like this like think of a ghost ball python and like uh, it has like this haze to it that just I don't, I don't know how to explain it, but like, you're right. The head stamp is just getting darker and darker where, you know, like your typical jungle uh, skull and crossbone look has disappeared and it's just a solid black head. Mm -hmm. um, some more so than others, but uh, there's about four of them in there that are probably will look just like her when they're adults. Very cool. So, so you know, at yeah. least you're working with something that maybe even if you have to polygenically make a fully black IJ, you think you have the power to make, make it. that. I think so. I think so. Selective reading, uh, if it's not a gene, um, you know, or I guess it would be a, a bunch of genes or whatever, you know, however you get there. Some way, somehow, I'm going to make a, a melanistic IJ. <laughs> yeah. Now let's talk a little bit of your stumbling point, I guess, from Poison Ivy died, correct? Yes. Yes. So that what happened there and where do you go forward with the project from there? Well, um, so what had happened with her is she ovulated out of season, which was really weird. I've never seen that with a carpet. And um, I, I was watching her and she looked like she was going to pop, you know, and um, she had eggs in her and she just went on and on and on and nothing was happening. So I took her to the vet um, and he, he verified that there was uh, eggs in there. Um, he gave her some kind of some kind of I, I can't remember what the name of the medicine was, but he gave her something to, to help her pass, 
you know, the eggs. To induce um, labor or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can't, I can't remember the name of it, but, um, so basically, uh, that night I took her home and then she died. So I don't know if it was well, the medicine you know, or trying to pass. Yeah, I don't know if she, she had a reaction or if something tore when she Even was, you know, added stress of moving her out. And maybe she was on the door before that. And it just put it over yeah. the edge with going to the vet and everything like that. Yeah, it could but be. She did mother a clutch before that then. Yes. So the the year before that, uh, she gave me a, a clutch of I have ten, ten babies from her. So, did you use um, any caution with who you paired up with her? As far as like, um, from my perspective, if I had the access to maybe a wild caught or something, that would be a good way to um, make sure that it's her carrying the gene and whatnot. If you know what I mean. Sure. Absolutely. So what I did is I used a GQ outcross. And the reason that I went GQ is because it was very light with very little black. So I figured if I breed this animal to her rather than breed a, you know, a a higher black animal to uh, that animal to her, then you really won't know what's going on because is it the sire or is it the dam like which one caused this um so i went completely opposite of her and you know that's how i think that's probably why i got the results i got you know which is kind of weird so it must be some type of weird dominant gene yeah i don't know (laughs) (laughs) i'm looking forward to figuring it out but um so hopefully next year i'll be able it was that clutch was male heavy so which is kind of good um, I have two females, so I'm hoping that I'm going to, I'm going to breed, uh, one of those males to, again, to, uh, I got wild stuff now. So I'm going to breed her to a wild caught IJ and, um, then I'm going to breed, uh, two siblings together to see what happens. So, but you're seeing increased melanin in all of them, not just 50% of them or something like that or. Yes. Yeah. And, and th- you know, some of them look exantic looking is kind of weird. And um, I guess I should probably do a video on it or something so I can show them so people can see. But I wasn't um, sure if you were purposefully not trying to show them or if that question was going to get anything away. Or... You know, it's like it's like, it's like one of those things like if I before I know what's going on, you, you know, you hear the people from Facebook, what are you saying that it's genetic and blah, blah, you know, I just don't feel like dealing with that bullshit. You know what you I mean? Like I don't want to have a too early and yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to hear people. Like if I post it up there, you know, then you get, I get bombarded with, uh, you know, messages about wanting to buy, you know, when are you going to breed? And, you know, I don't have any answers for people. So, <laughs> I'm not, you know, that's kind of why I shy away from, Post so you can up. take your time but, without being pestered by everyone, basically. Yeah, yeah. I want to have answers for people when they ask. You know, yeah. like, hey, check out this new gene in carpet pythons, or you know, whatever. But right, we'll see. Um, sorry, someone asked if you think it was pitocin that induced the labor because that's what they use on humans. They're wondering if you think it was the same. Oh God, I don't know. I don't. Know. <laughs> I don't... That sounds familiar, but um, I'm not sure. I can't remember. I don't know how much crossover there is between no, I don't think, human I mean, medicine. Dog medicine sometimes with snakes. I don't know about human medicine, but I don't know. I don't know, man. 
Labor. I should labor. know that. <laughs> it's it's coming out. None of us have kids, though, right? Uh, well, well, the person who asked them is, I know Pitocin is what they give, so that's what they give humans to induce labor, so it doesn't matter if we have kids. Cause, I don't know, I keep snakes, but... not humans. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then someone said, uh, what was the other question? This is more like a comment. They were saying that by, and I don't know what it was y'all were talking about but they said by the time they are three to four years they look like an img it just so takes saying, time for them to darken they're saying that boas usually take three to four years which may be different because maybe ij's mature a little bit faster than boas or vice versa but he's saying that you know that three or yeah that would probably be accurate yeah okay. so just so Everybody knows the history of poison ivy. So she was produced by Jake Milbrat. And what he did is he imported these two uh, wild-caught um, IJs that were had, were very melanistic. Not as much as her, but they were melanistic. And um, he bred them together, and he thought he was going to get these you know, uh, beautiful black carpet pythons. And he didn't. They were all normals. <laughs> <laughs> so he was like, screw this shit. Well, and he sold that. them all. <laughs> um, and he sold them to this guy and he had her for a while and he bred her to a jag in her first clutch, which just was that like, makes I'm, sense. You, I'm like, what are you doing, man? You know? So he got out of it. Um, and, uh, he sold her, to, you know, he knew that I love that snake. So he, mm -hmm called me up and sold her to me and jake saw me post a picture of her and asked where he got it from so i was able to track it back and you know sure enough he produced her and couldn't believe that he sold the clutch oh, so there was so a, they all increased melanin after that <laughs> yeah so oh, no. <laughs> there's a couple there's a couple of them out there that look just like poison ivy and i i i can't prove it but i believe that they're all from the same clutch hmm. dang because I was going to say, if none of them ended up being melanin, then you're just totally fucked as far as genetics go. You would never know. But yeah, if they're all, so maybe, maybe. Poison Ivy Could be. I don't is know. Uh, a super or something and they're all increased melanin now or... Yeah, could be. I don't I know. I mean, it would be kind of unlikely, but... Evan said Kurt Finnegan. That's who it was, yes. Oh, he yes. said he has he had two of her offspring, and then Jeff back owns a jag from her. Yeah, yes. I know Jeff was trying to sell that jag, um, but it's kind of weird because it's like you want a sibling of... Or an offspring from Poison Ivy or something like that. You don't that. want the, but, um, the jag in this. Well, no, else. but you don't want it to be a jag that kind of right. um, totally defeats the purpose. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you can't ever back it out. You can always add jag in later, but you can't. You know? <laughs> Just go and remove that But everyone that can do what they want, like you said earlier. So, well, I mean, do whatever yeah. you want. But you, we, and we can question. <laughs> they sure. can still do you it, can but we can question. We can, do just, it, we can just question why they did that. I mean, like, I guess when it comes to that stuff, like I said, I'm not, I'm not anti-cross or morph or hybrid or anything like that. But like, you know, I do like, uh, you know, the base species and stuff. And like, I think that with all the morphs and stuff, what has happened is nobody has focused on keeping certain lineages going or certain, um, you know, uh, localities and all that kind of stuff because they're just crossing it into everything. And then that gets lost and you can't ever get it again. It's not like I can call up my buddies in Australia and ask me to ship me a box of, uh, 
you know, new carpet pythons, new blood or something like that. You know? You're going to have to call Germany first and then Germany. <laughs> yeah. And then they're going to have to contact well, have them on speed dial. Thing, you know? Or you can just yeah. go with some really loose pants. And not, I yeah. guess maybe not at this point. <laughs> the airports are know. too advanced. But get someone with their own private plane. It all, it all comes here eventually. I mean, we're seeing all these northern albino blue tongues come out of fucking nowhere. Like, who knows where that yeah, it does. from. But uh, it all kind of comes well, over here. But Exanthic Coastals, right? Yeah. Well, I actually uh, I found out that my I have uh, I bought a hypo coastal. And, That's uh, what I was talking about, yeah. It, it comes into the States tomorrow. So from from um, UK pythons. Yeah. Yeah. From the dark clouds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, what is that in well, reference um, to? Do you because from what I believe, hypo was only in Australia, correct? Or correct. Yeah, you're correct. Happens, there. <laughs> Zoo is really don't like know. <laughs> Some of that stuff yeah, did come legally, and some stuff came illegally. So, I mean, you know. I mean, paperwork can make it legal, but in a dishonest legal way, I guess. That's how a lot of this stuff came over as far as, you know, the olives. All the Australian shit that we're working with, a lot of it was bought, was smuggled for zoos. So, it's like back in the day, Hank Malt was working for the Philly Zoo and fucking took some yep. olive pythons, all that stuff, you know, and brought it back for the zoo. The yeah, they were fucking plowshores out of the fucking wild for the zoo. If you read that book, uh, the Stolen World, yes, yeah, the Stolen World, they, they oh, talk yeah. about. <laughs> I had to listen to it on audio. No, that was the but... Lizard King. That's uh, oh, one. excuse me. Same yeah. thing, difference. But they had oh. Owen Pelly pythons in the Pine Barrens in New Jersey, but uh, the guy left them in his trunk and they died. Oh, okay. <laughs> All that effort is, for nothing. But oh, and belly pythons, you know? I mean, but wow. That's that's full species, so you need to get the Owen Pelly python for your Correct. Question, right. So yeah. you're going to have to make some arrangements. <laughs> well, I'm not going to comment on that. Some secret arrangement. I'm not going to. I'm going to refrain from comment on that one. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> um, okay. Someone said, what do you think when it's a cover girl to et cetera, et cetera, jungles, all lineage at that point? Let me Wait. let me explain a little okay. what cover girl is. So cover girl is an animal that was and correct me if I'm wrong, because I may be wrong. Um, it was bred by Casey Lazic, which was on the cover of Reptiles magazine, which is why they call her cover girl. It's a jungle. Supposedly, mm-hmm. you know, who knows what a pure jungle is, but. That's the cover girl explanation, yes. but go on. We talked about it last week or two weeks, but okay. What do you think when it's a cover girl to that means etc. To a morph meaning like a jungle jag or something okay. like that, I think is what you said all get. lineage at that point. Isn't that more of a morph jungle rather than a pure jungle? Oh, so he means things that are bred for really high yellows or bright colors in comparison to just a jungle that you get out of the wild obviously isn't line bred to the point where it's that attractive. I agree with whoever that is, and I got a lot of stink because of this from jungle people because, you know, they were giving me a hard time about morphs and stuff, and my thought is this, is that as soon as you start to selectively breed for whatever, 
mm-hmm. high yellow, high black, high whatever, you have altered that animal and you're now, I mean, you're using genetics to change the way it looks. How is that different from a morph? I mean, selective breeding, granted, has more of a, uh, it takes longer and the results are usually more uh, um, rewarding, I guess. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, which is great, but um, I don't know. I don't see a difference between morph breeding and selective breeding. I guess the problem comes with, um, not to say any names, but Will Bird posted those jungle morphs out there, and there's no telling if anything was ever um, crossed out or stuff like that. There's just no way to really make sense of that. So what about a situation like that? So Jason Balin actually produced that jungle. Really? And Will Bird bought it at a Hamburg reptile show. Um I think it just goes – honestly, I think it goes back to – and I, I know you're probably going to not like this statement because I've heard you say this before. Go for but it. Coastals and jungles are basically They're not the, the same. same. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'll show you a jungle and then bring me a fucking coastal that looks as nice as it. And then, we'll, and then it's, the coastal is twice the fucking size and it's fucking – Well, it depends. So around. Let me, let me rephrase okay. that. If you take a northern jungle and a northern coastal and you look at them on a on a on on the level of taxonomy, mm-hmm. you know, they are the same thing. Well, I'll take locality jungles all day then. Over. So that's basically what it is. So a jungle carpet is this. So, you know, over the course of time, Australia's rainforest has shrunk and grown. Uh, and when they think that what the jungle is, is just the jungle carpet is just a variant of the coastal carpet because now it's adapted to a new environment. So as yeah, the jungle the grows, IJ is just the coastal, the jungle slash coastal in, you know, changing to a new environment because the island split off stuff like that. I mean, that's why it looks closer to a jungle mm-hmm. than anything else. Um, maybe many more thousands of years and he- ahead of it, but. Couldn't you make That's, that argument well, for everything? Well, no, because jungles and coastals still are together in the wild. Yeah. Jung- coastals and IJs never met. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> um, even when they, even when Australia was attached to, uh, you know, Papua New Guinea, mm-hmm. there's still you, – the, the, the carpets up on the Cape York uh, Peninsula – are different than the coastals that are, you know, down. And then the southern, you're talking about southern coastals, the Brisbane's, those. Though those ones that you see the Australian guys posting up, they get big, you know, they are different, you know, they are different than what you're getting, uh, you know, more north. What's what's the most north as far as, like, I don't know where. uh, Because you know so much about Australia. Australians. (laughs) What are, are what? There any localities more up north of that you pay attention to in the hobby? Well, like Rockhamptons. Um, That's what I was going for not Northampton, Rockhampton. There's a Northampton, Virginia. Um, Maybe that's I, have a, I have a pair of those. I have a pair of Port Douglas. I have a pair of uh, Atherton's, and they all kind of look the same. You know, okay. they all have like, you know, those jungles look like coastals. But, you know, in certain spots, you know, Tully Gorge, uh, you know, uh, 
Palmerston, um, you know, these areas, they have higher yellow, I guess. And I somebody saw that and they started breeding that, you know. Yeah. So I have no idea what these places. I mean, he's saying, so big like you're just think that. saying so many cities are. Holstels range so far within within that it. country. That's so far and so huge. much in variant. I don't know. But I mean, it's the it. same thing as with corn snakes. I keep corn snakes. Miami corn snakes or Keys corn snakes look very different than. Maybe your more northern corn snakes, you know, maybe your Virginia, even I've never seen many New Jersey localities, but you're talking about a red corn down in the Keys and then a brown, you know, corn up in New Jersey or something like that. So those aren't technically different species. It just depends on what, I guess, what guy decides to make it a new species or subspecies, whether a splitter or a bumper. Yeah, I mean, you look at like... If you look at like uh, inland carpets, inland carpets are like 4.95% genetically divergent than, you know, the rest of your carpets. But the cutoff was 5% to make it a full species. Like, but yet we're a separate species than chimps. And what are we like 1% different? (laughs) I mean, so like, like it's not, it's not consistent. And that's the problem with taxonomy. There's no standard amount of deviation for everyone. Yes. And that's where the problem comes in with taxonomy. It's like, what, what camp do you go? Are you a lumper or are you a splitter? splitter. You know? yeah. <laughs> and I know um, you have that, that Bill Love book, right? Yes. Um, yes. In the back, he basically shits on all modern herpticulture and the scientists with the splitters and lumpers. So if you haven't gotten to that part, I have not. Just, part, you he, he just ruined the ending. Well, no. <laughs> I know. Ending, he has like a... <laughs> Ties it all together by saying what's his um, ideas on the current state of herpticulture or, you know, even scientific research, all that stuff. So at the end, he kind of puts all that stuff together, talks about HSUS, you know, all that stuff, and then talks about splitters and lumpers as far as scientists. And, you know, they're putting so much money into deciding what a name, a name, basically, so they can put their damn name on it. That's pretty much all it is. Pretty much. Okay. Since okay. I can't contribute anything to this discussion, I'm going to read <laughs> what people We're are saying. We're trying to go high I'm level. Sorry. Um, no, this is good. Um, <laughs> Evan says he no longer likes you. By the way, <laughs> um, why? Because I called Contros hybrids or jungles. <laughs> Which one keeps dart frogs? He doesn't have. He doesn't have anything in this fight. Uh, I know he was agreeing with you though about the whole coastal thing. But then someone else said DNA says coastal and jungles are the same. All right. And then, but my eye says differently, so I just trust myself. You know, I just okay. go with my gut here. Um, and then they said IJs are Darwins that broke off. What does that mean? No, that doesn't make any sense to me, but... No, I disagree with that. But Darwin carpets are, you know, there's a split between Darwin, where you find Darwin carpets and where you'll find Cape York carpets. And, like, when we had Daniel Natush on the show, um, he was talking about, because he's up there in the Cape York, and he studies pythons in the Cape York. And, you know, they're different. They just don't know how they're different. I think that IJs and the Cape York carpets are similar, not but not Darwin's. And people think they look the same. They do not look the same. They do not. 
If, what are they seeing that's they think is similar? The color uh, palette is is this, but their heads are different. Um, they're just their bodies are different. The way they move is different. You know, it's just different. You know. I mean, we see head shape as a big thing within carpets, and the Morelia genus. You can kind of tell Morelia genus by that head shape. Do you believe that? I mean, I think that chondros look that they belong in the Morelia gen- uh, genus. Uh, do you believe that or? I do, you know, the Morelia genus for the longest time was like this lump of all these extra pythons with a prehensile tail. So, like, my thought is this: is that you know, I think kind of like where they're going with how they have it broken down is kind of starting to get and make sense. So, scrubs and bowl and pythons—they're together in a group. We Basically, do have kind of a Morelia-looking head, though. Yes, but they're the, like the head scales are different. Um, the, the way this head is shaped, but similar. Um, carpets and chondros, I guess, are, are, are similar. I mean, they look similar. Um, but, but totally real, different at this, in every behavioral in way. In every possible. other way. <laughs> I think chondros and rough scales are should be a, a, probably be a separate group. I think they should probably be in chondro python and not in Morelia. Really? Evan Everybody's going to hate <laughs> Evan said he thinks chondros are closely related to retics. I mean, no. that just, uh, <laughs> just, just you made at, a face and you said exactly no. No. Okay. no. Okay. Timor pythons are very close to retics. That makes sense. And then he said, so if you think coastals and jungles are the same, would that make jungles a morph? Maybe no. not a morph, but a locality maybe more so than a morph. Yes. I think jungles are a locality-type carpet. Interesting. How dare you, sir? <laughs> <laughs> I'll drink reducing them, Reducing <laughs> yeah. them to a locality. <laughs> they are much more than that. <laughs> They're badass. Don't get me wrong. I love jungles. But, you know, it's not, you know the thing that, that, that's crazy to me when it comes to Moralia people, they seem to be like uh, these – they're like very into the science, which is kind of what drew me to Morelia. But when the science disagrees with what they believe, then all the science is bullshit. But when it agrees with what they believe, then it's like, well, yes, yes uh, this is what we're doing. We yes. can use this. Uh, yes. So I don't know. At the end of the day, you're keeping a snake in a box. What does it matter? You know, jungles are beautiful. It's kind of coastals are beautiful. The, the the lineage is awesome, and I tend to go towards it but then again sometimes i think like we kind of made this shit up like it's really not that big of a deal we're keeping them in also like ev- if it was different is no it gonna change is it gonna change what you're doing no like whether yeah. it's named this or name this it's not gonna you're gonna keep it the same i guess it's like it now we're all in a weird way these kind of crazy you know, kooky collectors. And, you know, when you want a specific thing, you want that specific thing. You want the real deal. Like if, you know, if you, if I brought my wife home a diamond and it was a cubic sarconia, <laughs> I mean, it looks like a diamond, but that She's name be matters. Yes. It's a cubic sarconia. And she's going to be like, no, you need to take that back and get me a diamond. And that's kind of like how we are with, with, with snakes. But if you, you never tell anyone. So, so if you sell, if you sell your pure jungle as a pure jungle, you're selling a, 
It may be a cubic zirconia, but you never tell anyone. So, so, like <laughs> so jungles are one of those weird things. It's there are pure lines of jungles out there, and there are ones that are questionable. And this is another, you know, debate that we've had on the uh, on the podcast yeah. from time to time. But the the whole idea that like all of a sudden you got undocumented jungle. And that gets a pass. But if I breed a granite to a jag, then all of a sudden I'm a, you know, like people are like, get their pitchforks out and ready to kill me because <laughs> they're like, that is just sacrilege, you know? Yeah. And it's just like, I mean, th- for me personally, the lineage, I just like the history. You know what I mean? To me, it's not really about the purity per se of an animal, but I just like the history of it. You know, I, I, you know, like my coastals come from Michael Pinnell, which come from Lloyd Lemke, which, you know, that whole trail of keeping that line alive, whether they're pure or not, doesn't really make a difference to me as much as just having a piece of that line bloodline or whatever everything's undocumented though at the very base at some point because it's from australia so it's all pretty much undocumented (laughs) at some point i mean yeah it's silly to argue with somebody about you know it's just it's just a silly argument because you i mean at the end of the day you can't prove it and then you have these guys and they'll be like you know yeah you can prove it but we're not going to talk about how you can prove it and it's like okay well then you can't prove it like it doesn't make any sense what do you mean you can't talk you got some some footage some secret footage of someone putting in their pants like what are you talking about i don't know but yeah, I it's have the exact water bottle. <laughs> yes, you know, in. yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, so the only carpet that you can really prove that it's uh, pure would be IJ's again, going back to that, you know, I got it from wild caught animals, you know, and this is now a new line, you know, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. So, so you're trying to get every Python. Where is your Bolins? Bones are going to be probably the last one that I get. <laughs> Is that just expense or that you're not rushing into it? I'm not rushing into it because I just want to get more experience with, uh, you know, working with different stuff. They're one of, you know, I figure like by the time I'm breeding, hopefully breeding these other species of pythons, I'll gain, you know, some more knowledge and it will help me with breeding them. Are you? I don't think hoping that someone stateside has success with breeding them, so you can get a captive bred pair. Or... Well, that would awesome be awesome. <laughs> you know, yeah. I think there's a couple guys. One that comes to mind is Keith McPeak. Uh, he's a good friend of mine, and uh, I think that uh, he's going to be the one guy that that does it one of these years. <laughs> For all of our non-people so. who are queued in, Bolins are pretty much a species that was kept unbred per se for many many years until maybe like five years ago or someone someone in europe i believe produced a few clutches correct yeah well so bowens have been bred a few times in the states uh the barkers produced uh they that i believe they imported a female that was gravid and they hatched out a clutch that uh jason bale and we know that <laughs> <laughs> still baby bowens Frank Memo and um, Jason Balin, they produced the clutch. Um, really? And, yep. Uh-huh. And uh, Mark Spataro, he produced uh, three clutches, I believe, of Bolins in the U.S. Um, Holy shit, I had uh, no so idea. What was the time frame on that? Uh, maybe 2012 was uh, Mark Spataro. Yeah, yeah, he was pretty re- – right around the same time that Frederick did it. 
Mm -hmm. uh, Mark Spitara did it as well. Was it using the same formula or is it totally different? No, I think he was totally different. He was doing stuff. You know, (laughs) the thing with – here's here's what it comes to. This is my thought when it comes to breeding snakes like that. One thing with Bolins, I think that, uh, you know, with scrubs, they're kind of high strung and they need to feel secure. And I think they need a longer time to mature. And I think the secret with them, like, I'm not, you know, it's hard for me to say this with, it's just my thought. I'm not saying this is real or not, you know, because it could be total bullshit. But I think that they need a place. So if you look at them in the wild, like they're burrowing down into, you know, these mounds, like way down and, and laying their clutch where it's nice and warm down there. And I think if you could set up like similar to like what, um, Oh, what was his name? The guy that did the King Snakes. Why is his name uh, escaping me? Um, Bob Applegate did with you know he had that like lower level. Yeah, yeah. If you could somehow do that with bones to where they could just go and hide and feel secure, I think. I think I think Applegate kept his his pairs together at all times. I think he always cohabitated. Oh really? And no one died. No. I mean, there were like king snakes and shit. It's a, it's a different game, but then again, it's like, um, I mean, it would be stupid not to consider that that yeah. with pythons. I mean, you might as well. I think the other thing with that complex in particular, scrubs and bolins, is is that what happens is is that you know people are coming from breed and say ball pythons, carpets, or some of these easier to produce species, and they want to be the person that produces. You know, I'm going to be the guy, and I'm going to do it. You know, and they have these uh, visions of grandeur in their in their minds, and um, they get the snake. And scrub pythons are they're 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 special (laughs) (laughs) they're up there so you have to be really one you really have to be dedicated to wanting to (laughs) love those animals you know because you're gonna get shit on you're gonna get bit you know i mean trying to get a scrub back into a cage (laughs) you know (laughs) um and that's not all of them, but I believe it's just like what you see with retics and everything else. Like the more you breed them in captivity, they're going to chill out. But, you know, you're dealing with wild-caught yeah. animals. They're going to be nuts. Everyone in the reptile community says three to five years is the turnover for every species. It breeds in three to five no. years. I buy it. It breeds, whatever, whatever. <laughs> you know, that doesn't relate to the formula of all the other snakes. <laughs> I would say that scrubs need maybe six to seven years oh, to breed. Wow. And like, just, you know, is that just getting comfortable or is it an actual I think maturity so. thing? I, I, I think it is. And what, but what happens is, is that you get these people and they, and I, even myself have done this, you know, it's like, Oh, I'm going to breed these scrub pythons. And I go and I get this collection of scrub pythons. And for a while I had, I don't know, I had 12, maybe 14 of them. Whoa. And <laughs> that, that's dedication. I mean, yeah. And you know, you just get frustrated with them because you're, you're doing all this work for little reward. You know, you're not really, you're not getting a clutch and then people just say, oh, well, it's not going to breed and then they pass it on to somebody else. But as soon as you pass it on to somebody else, you have reset that <laughs> clock. Oh, you know what I mean? So like that clock is now reset for another, you know, six, six years. I mean, it could take three years for them to settle in. It just depends on how good of a keeper you are. But I think that's the problem with scrub pythons. So no one's seeing their projects through, basically. 
Yes. It is a problem in the reptile community for everything. It just- but yes. with scrubs, it kind of makes sense a little bit because well, yeah. they're a little dickish. Yeah, I mean, it's a combination between being large and dickish. Some of the smaller <laughs> and dickish things you have decent success with. Amazon, tree boas. Uh-huh. But people get out of those after a year or two after they figure it out. But there's a few people who stick with it, and they're little and dickish, so it's more controllable than big you know, and dickish. Yeah, I mean, scrub. you know, like, I can't believe in this day and age, we're, what, 2017, and, you know, we still haven't bred Halmahara scrub pythons, you know. I mean, I have a female. I had a long-term captive, a long-term captive female that I had years ago, but she died. So I started the project back up again. But, I mean – Nobody even knows what an egg looks like, you know. Well, there's there's one guy that did produce eggs, but he didn't get them to hatch. But like, there's no info how they are in kept in the wild, uh, you know. So it's kind of like you're just kind of guessing and hoping for the best, you know. So which I mean, it's much easier to guess when you're. I mean, back in the day, you know, you had the barkers guessing on chondros and even yeah. buds and fucking even ball pythons, but. Guessing on a species that's much harder to breed than those, you know, that's obviously going to take many, many more years and iterations of trying. If you mess up the first time, maybe who knows the next time you're going to get eggs to be able to figure out how to incubate them. So, yeah, absolutely. You know, that's I kind of I kind of geek out on that kind of stuff. That kind of stuff interests me, like trying to figure it out, like what, you know, not so much the paint job on the car, but what makes the car run is kind of like, right. You what seem I, a lot more attentive to detail than I think most of the keepers out there. I try to be. I mean, <laughs> you know, I, I'm not an expert by any means, but like, you know, I think, you know, we had Eugene Bissett on the show a long time ago. And the one thing that, that I learned more than anything else of doing Morelia Python radio was, you know, he said to me when we were at ICAST and he was like, you know, become a student of the serpent. Cause I asked him just what you just said, like, you know, Eugene, how did you figure these things out? Like, wh- what is that process like? Like, how did you just like import these animals and be like, well, I'm going to try this and see how this works. And I'm going to try this and see how shit, it didn't work. So we got to try it again next year and we're going to tweak right. it a little bit or, you know, like how did they figure that out? You know? And today we're looking, it seems like herpticulture is just about like, can you make the newest, you know, how many genes can I stuff into a snake and how cool. And I like that stuff. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not bashing that at all, but we've kind of lost some of that, you know, um, like trying to work with new things and figure them out, you know, right. pioneering yeah. a new road. So to There's speak. more people think they can be pioneers by creating the new morph when really just in two years, it's obsolete anyway. So people are chasing some type of grandeur in a different way that maybe is less productive yeah. to the overall hobby of herpticulture. Yeah. And you know, like I think in my opinion, I think ball Python breeders get a lot of hate. And I think that <laughs> on this that, channel, especially, <laughs> I think that the hate is kind of not fair because in a way, like if you think about it, if they're, if you look at your average breeder, they're producing how many clutches hundreds, you know, I mean like, I'm talking like big time. You know how difficult it is to produce a hundred clutches of anything, <laughs> you know, I mean to do it consistently. And you know, that, that says something to them as a keeper. And like, you know, everybody just kind of poo poos it like, Oh, well, that's just ball pythons and blah, 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 blah. At one time they were the rare snake, they were you know, to keep. Yeah. And stuff yes. Like People forget that shit or they don't know it. You know, and it's like, I want this one. 
sorry. Over beer, sorry. You, you can go get oh, your okay. honey one. I drank hey, many of them. You <laughs> can go get your. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> or you want me to go get your honey one? If you could, yeah, that'd be great. Thank you. Goodbye. So as far as um, I know, with with ball pythons and all that stuff, there's so many people producing them. But how do you feel like? I mean, you're gonna have so many different pythons. How do you niche yourself in a market when your market is everything? Honestly, I don't really care. I don't do yeah. this to make money. I do this for me. Um, I am probably like the worst snake hoarder there is. I don't like putting my animals up for sale and like, you know, I want to give them some time to like see how they turn out. Like I think for me, like – I held a clutch back because I want to see how they progress. I want to learn like when I see them as babies and then they turn out to be stunners, like how do I figure that out? How do I figure out like what to look for? And I think but, the only way to really do that is by holding stuff back and watching it grow. But that is what attributes to your exact success with, say, the IJs. I mean, maybe that's the best plan for success, whether you want to admit it or not, is being patient and keeping those animals back. Could be. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Especially with I'm thinking about it with corn snakes because I'm going to produce some two localities mixed together, which turn into like orange and gray snakes. But they're all going to come out gray and black. And everyone's been crazy about asking me how they can get them. But I'm like, there's no way I can prove that they're going to be great. So I may just hold them back for like a year and see what yeah. they need and maybe just up price them a little bit. Like instead of being $80 babies, they may be $200 babies or something. So yeah, I mean, I mean something that I can take away from the way you're keeping your stuff. Yeah. I'm not in a rush to I mean, I don't do this to make money. So my electric bill is going to get paid by my job and not by my snakes, you know? So it's not like something that I'm worried about. So, and some people are, you know, and that's, so I'm not, I think that like, you know, if I'm the only guy producing ring pythons in the U S maybe there's another clutch. I don't think if I put them up for sale, I'm going to have a hard time selling them. You know, yeah. there's going to be somebody in the U.S. that's looking for a pair of ring pythons or water pythons or maclot pythons or w whatever it would be. You know, that's kind of something that I try to get across as far as because when we're planning to try to do stuff, um, it's like it's hard because we want uh, to breed water so bad. But it's like she's trying to think how many waters can we get and how many can we breed? But it's like. Only me, Eric, Nick Mutton, and maybe Owen care about water pythons. That's pretty much the market. <laughs> so it's like, we should have produced more because you're going to produce them one day, and I'm going to produce them one day, and Owen's going to produce them one day, and then we're all just going to have to fucking exchange with each other because no one else gives a shit. Yeah. So it's like kind of trying well, to figure out what your market is. So I guess in a way I could answer that question like this. To me – the idea, you know, and, and going to Morelia Python Radio, the idea of Morelia Python Radio started as this. It's like, you know, I was a huge fan of Reptile Radio. I love that podcast. And, you know, I, those guys just they had great chemistry together. And, you know, half the time they were talking about shit that I didn't even keep. You know, they're talking about ball pythons, but you can still learn from that. And I think like sometimes people are closed minded and they're like, oh, I'm not going to learn anything from this because they're talking about ball pythons. Well, like it all crosses over. Yes, you can learn a ton of shit from watching YouTube videos. I listen YouTube to fucking Gecko Nation Radio. I listen to all that shit. I don't give <laughs> yes. one fucking shit. It's all the same. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So I think it's up to, you know, guys like me, 
people like you um, that wait you can't put us in the same category we're you, not there yet we are not you, <laughs> you well yeah sure I mean we're doing above. it here's the difference there's, <laughs> listen listen man there's people that do stuff and there's people that talk about doing stuff I'm everybody talks talking. a good game <laughs> everybody talks everybody good, talks man. a good game man everybody talks a good game but you guys had the balls to say you know what I'm just gonna do it screw it if it works it works whatever i don't give a shit if if two people listen or watch it or whatever who gives yeah. a shit like and that's my approach like with morelia python radio when i started that i didn't know it i, I didn't even breed at that point you know Whoa, it's just like really but but nobody's doing it all i have to do is right. talk to people that breed these animals i don't have to breed them you know i just have to have be able to ask good on. questions dude yeah. do you know how but, often i get asked how do I create a podcast? How do I do this? How do I do that? You don't ask. You fucking do it. And then you do it yes. every fucking week at the same fucking time, even though I was late yes. today. You do it fucking consistently and stop bitching about all this shit about you need more money to upkeep your podcast. <sighs> all you do is fucking show up and talk to this Jeez. microphone Take like a, breath. a fucking child. Take a breath. All we're doing is Take talking to other people. And fucking, you know, every Monday I message three more people trying to get them on the show and that's all I do all week trying to get this fucking show going but I don't give a shit I'm going to be here every yes. week I know you're going to be here and we're going to be here everyone yes. else can go fuck themselves look so when Murray Python Radio started out we had I think maybe 300 people listen to it maybe you know and now we well, have we're well, there that, right that's now what... like 50 episodes, so. <laughs> we're at that we we had, I mean, the last time I checked, there was like 402,000 downloads of the Holy podcast. Holy shit. Yeah. In a week. Yeah. That's I mean, why you can't put us <laughs> and you in the same sentence. Yeah, but I've just been doing it consistently for six years. Yeah. I guarantee you when you do it for six years, if you do it for six years, you'll have the same results. Because and you've done it every week? Every week. We take Jeez. off two weeks a year. Two weeks a year we, we take off. We may do that Christmas? because Monday lands on Christmas and New Year. You mean Year's. Christmas lands on Monday? So <laughs> Monday <laughs> doesn't fall on Christmas, Monday babe. falls on Christmas because Monday is the fucking holiday that's when we do the podcast, goddammit. Yes. Fuck Christmas. We take off those two weeks just because, number one, it's going to be impossible to get a guest. You know, that's mm-hmm. going to be next to impossible. And I just – it's it's a break for me and Owen, you know, from doing it every Tuesday. It's like our vacation. And those – those two weeks, I am plug from the snake world 100%. You know, it's like I'm just I'm not I'm not going on Facebook. I'm not I'm not answering an email. I'm not answering a message. I'm done. That's it. You know, we're gonna show you up. It's gonna be me and Evan on Christmas Day. Motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, uh-oh. Watch out. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, but yeah, I think we're gonna end up taking off those because they're both Mondays, Christmas, and New Year's. Yeah, it just yeah. So, the way it worked out this year. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just as long as you're consistent. I mean, like when I started Morelia Python Radio, I contacted Larry from um, Reptile Radio and I asked him, I'm like, you know, what 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 did you guys do to get this going? And what would you give me as some some recommendations to, to start this podcast? And, you know, he was awesome. What an awesome guy. Um, and the main thing he told me was just be consistent. That's it. That's all you have to do. Just get on the thing, start it. Just I mean, if you listen, it. yeah, if you listen to the very first Morelia Python radio of me by myself, <laughs> what a train wreck, man. Wait, I don't know how either of y'all did that. Like, 
It's you hard. Just, you just talked to your. I <laughs> talking to like I'm not that great talking to most people, no, let alone myself. To a what yeah. did you talk about to yourself? I challenge anybody listening or watching or whatever <laughs> to just take ten minutes, go into your bathroom, and just start to talk about your snakes <laughs> by yourself. And see what you can do. See how difficult that is. It's hard, right? I mean, it's hard. Yeah. So how many did you do by yourself? Just the one. And then I was like, I I contacted, I put an ad up on, um, I think it was Morelia Pythons. And Owen happened to live right by me. And I didn't even know him. At the time, he was kind of like, who's this Eric Burke guy buying all these cool carpets? He's infringing on my territory of Pennsylvania. Uh, He's going to be selling carpets at Hamburg, you know. Um, But, uh, you know, we just hit it off. And, like, I love the fact that me and Owen see the world differently. You know, we and I think that makes for a good conversation. Like if it was me and say somebody like my good friend, Rob Stone, who we agree a lot on, it would be kind of boring. You know what I mean? Like it would be like, oh, yeah, yeah. I think we should put this and drop the temps here. And, you know, it's, it's like no challenge, you know. Um, so but anyway, the, the idea what I was getting at is, is that like I think it's up to us to highlight these species and sort of you know, find the people that are super passionate about it. And pa- passion is contagious, man. I mean, you know, when somebody is super hyped about something, you just get hyped about it. You're just like, yeah, I'm in, you know, yeah. <laughs> throwing so credit cards and wallets. Hype water python. Which is interesting. What I, I don't know if you'll take credit for it, but you and Owen kind of built Morelia to what it is now because it's kind of right below mainstream now when it was was off the map oh i don't know if i want to take credit for that but yeah i, I know what you're saying but it's yes, true yes. because you <laughs> gathered everyone together you introduced everyone as far as like all of our friends from texas whether they keep morelia or not we met at carpet fest you know a lot of the guys who we've had come over here i breed corn snakes but most of them are morelia guys and i keep a few morelia but that's really it and things that fit into that so i think it's Really, you should take more credit in the fact that you've gotten together like all of us. All of our fucking friends are basically from Carpet Fest. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, well, Carpet Fest was another passion of mine that was like, okay, so we, you know, I, I got the snakes. And it's like, well, how, you know, in a way it was kind of selfish. Morelia Python Radio was like this way of me being able to talk to these people that have bred for years and, you know, like to to pick their brain every once a week. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's like, okay. And and now I get to know them and you know what I mean? Now we become friends and whatnot. But, um, you know, it just seemed like a progression. It's like, okay, well, let's all get together and have a good party. And like, you know, because every time we, you know, go to a reptile show, you feel bad. You're standing in front of somebody's booth and you're like, uh, yeah, I want to talk to you and pick your brain. But meanwhile, like 15 customers are just walking by that you're missing, you know? It drives me nuts. (laughs) Standing there to talking to people for so long. And I'm like, I will stop. Someone walks up and I stop. No, let them talk and then start talking to the guy again. Because, um, in particular, it's someone like um, Stu Tennyson is some guy who does it locally here. But it's like he makes every single colubrid, every weird species that doesn't eat, he keeps. He keeps everything that doesn't eat. So right. I'm like, let me ask this guy how I make snakes eat. Like, it's simple. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
Shit, so I would like to talk to that guy. That you know up. what I mean? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You're not like, pass that up ever. So I feel like that's kind of you know the way of I'm doing the same thing. I talk to people that aren't in my league a lot of the time over the podcast and shit. Mm-hmm. Whether it's someone who's better at me at social media, like David from Tiki's Geckos, he's much better at me than social media. So I want to talk to him about social media, that kind of stuff. I think it's just a yeah. different avenue for us to get better in whatever way. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, yeah, you can always learn something from somebody. And like like I said, man, there's people, that, you know, again, going back to CarbonFest, there's people that do and there's people that talk about it. And it's like forever, I, you know, everybody talked about this carpet fest and, you know, we want to get together and they could never decide on a place or decide where to go or whatever. And it's like, screw this, Owen, we're doing carpet fest. <laughs> we're going to do it. And, you know, where are we going to have it? I don't know, but we're going to figure it out. And we did, <laughs> you know, and, and, and here we are, what? Six years later, I guess. Yes. Yeah, how years many? Later. How many people showed up to the first Carpet Fest? Oh, uh, maybe. Actually, there was more Condro people than there were Carpet people at the first Whoa. Carpet Fest because we were in Maryland, and there was more. You know, that's uh, like that's the, the that's that's the hotbed for you know Condros, and yeah. but you know to be sitting there and be talking to guys like Buddy Buscemi or like, you know, Greg Stevens or like, uh, I'm trying to think who else was there at that first carpet fest, but you know, to be able to sit down and drink a beer with them and pick their brain and just, you know, get to know them one-on-one, even besides the snakes, you know, like it's just, it's an awesome thing. And I don't understand why, you know, more people don't come to it. You know, the one in Texas, when they said that they were having it, I was like, holy shit. I'm going to get to meet Michael Pinnell. This is going to be so cool. You know, I'm going to meet Sean Christian. You know, these are guys that I looked up to and and now I'm going to be able to drink a beer with them and hang out with them and talk to them. And, um, it's just silly. I don't understand why people don't want to go. I don't know know if people view it because those people are going to be there as a more of an elite thing. It's like, kind of weird. Like you think you build up all these people in your mind, right? You're right. Like, Michael Pinnell. Holy shit. <laughs> him, man. It's just like, he's, he's just the guy. guy. Like, can I call you M pen? What do I call you? <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. You know, he's just a normal like, guy. Like I'm thinking already now, like the day I meet Nick Mutton, like, I don't even love snakes like You're y'all do. You're going to leave like, me for him. Like, I'm not. It's fine. Can I, I understand? Like, <laughs> I'm totally not. As Nick Mutton is him, as is intimidating because but... he's jacked. <laughs> he's but, like, <laughs> but still, I'm like, these conversations have made this man, like you said, you build, you build them up. So it could be, it, Carpet Fest could be a little intimidating for some people. Yeah, I first, I mean, I've been talking to Nick since 2009, and I just met him two years ago. It was the first time that I met him. Where'd you meet him? He came to Carpet Fest. He came out to Carpet Fest and it was like, you know, oh, wow, I'm actually meeting the guy that I'm talking to. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of weird. Like, it sounds like I'm meeting a girl and you're like all nervous. (laughs) You're all nervous. (laughs) And we talked about before, even like uh, when you're really removed, you don't even know what people look like because we've talked about how many times people put only snakes on their Facebook or only snakes on their Instagram. And you don't even know what their face is. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the one thing that I always get is because Owen always calls me a hobbit is like, wow, you're a lot taller than I thought you were. In real life. Oh, <laughs> you know, so like, oh, okay. <laughs> 
they think I'm like two foot two or something like that, the way Owen portrays me. But... Oh, Lord, that's bad. But yeah. yeah, it's just a good, it's good, it's a good thing. Okay, wait, I have to say two things really quick. Um, Jackie, who like started talking a lot last week, she wanted us to shout out her daughter. Her daughter's name is Bria. And Jackie was really cool last podcast so i said i would do go. that because she asked a lot of really good questions and even tonight she's asked a lot of really good questions mm -hmm. so i hope uh bria i'm assuming that's how you say it i hope bria is as much into snakes think, as you are i've been just called Jackie. michael pinnell the silver fox <laughs> yeah, <appropriate> yeah. Nickname. <laughs> that's right the um, silver fox and then someone said Nick Mutton is on uh, TRT. Which stands for Testosterone <laughs> Replacement Therapy for those who aren't good with the juice game, which, uh... I don't know. That could be. <laughs> you know. You know. Yeah. Um, also, about Carpet Fest, you know, you had this idea to do this and you made it, and now it's Evan's favorite day of the year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How do you feel like having such a? I think Carpet Fest is more exciting than like birthday, Christmas, everything combined to Evan. Well, you know, I think you know there was a thread a while back, and it was on Facebook somewhere, and it was like, what are the 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 things that you're most proud of in your herpetoculture? you know, career or whatever you want to call it. And probably that would be the three, you know, the two things are Morelia Python radio and carpet fest, you know, and then you see them making a carpet fest on the West coast. And then there's one in, you know, this, now there's a Southern carpet fest. And now there's going to be a Southeast carpet fest and there's a Northwest carpet fest. And it's like, you know, wow, it's pretty cool. You know? <laughs> so have you heard from Ian as far as what's going on with the South? the southeast one are you gonna fly down for that one if it does happen or i think the problem for me with that one in particular is is that um i my work is going to be super intense when they're planning to do it so i probably won't be able to get off so i probably won't be able to go to that but i would not miss well obviously i'm not going to miss the northeast one <laughs> and, <laughs> and the southern one is kind of locked yeah. in for me now you know i like going there uh coming down and, and hanging out i love we're gonna have a crawfish boil and evan has like Dude, the those, whole day plan morris um fucking what do you have fajitas for good too yeah <laughs> and plus for you guys it's decent weather in a time where you don't have decent weather yet hell yeah we were swimming the last time it's like holy <laughs> yeah. shit dude. we were like <laughs> fuck you it's winter get out of here we're not yeah. swimming for shit yeah yeah i think yeah. we were talking to matt about that like he was talking about how it was in philly and everything which speaking of philly I don't know how much you've listened to our podcast, but yeah, you guys are coming, right? Yeah. Which see that talking about like meeting people, I'm a little nervous to move to Philly. I'm like, yeah, I feel like it's already kind of locked down on the, the people there. I feel like we can't, we can't nah. encroach on the territory. No, nah, man. Much love. We're welcoming. We're welcome. You just have to say, John, that's a Philly thing, and let's see what else. Wait, what is that Don't mean? If you, John can be it anything. Doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't yeah. mean anything. Wait, you don't have know random means. words like that from New York too. I don't, I don't understand so. that. Not like John, that's like, made up. No, and it doesn't mean anything. you say Jamoke. Jamoke, that's a, a fucking Jamoke. That's a that's made a up word. Idiot. A fucking yeah. Jamoke. No, Jamoke is y'all have all these made up words that I don't yeah. understand. Or like if a, a whiz wit. I know that's a Philly thing. Yeah, that means yeah. Like a don't get Swiss uh, on a cheesesteak or you'll get punched in the face. 
what kind of cheese do I have to get? Provolone or Whiz, right? American. Don't don't. American. I can't get yeah. my pepper jack. You could, but people are gonna look at you funny. <laughs> They're gonna be like, "What?" <laughs> Dang. Okay. Yeah, it's like perfectly in between, like our family my family and her family so it's like we were trying to move somewhere in between there plus it's the wild west as far as her plaws go and i figure i'm 25 now so i'm hoping when i'm 55 snakes will still be legal somewhere and if they're legal anywhere it's fucking pennsylvania so yeah we pretty i mean we got the viper keeper for christ's sake in our state I mean, <laughs> you know i mean uh it's pretty much uh whatever you want yeah, I think but. he just takes bites as part of a uh, to thin his blood a little bit, <laughs> to keep his blood pressure down. <laughs> yeah, could be, could be. Now nah, you'll love it, man. It's 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 nice up here. It's it's perfect for breeding snakes. I'll tell you that. That's what I'm saying. I'm sick of um, when I was in New York. It's easy to make colubrids go down to 55 degrees. In Texas, yeah. there's such a swing that it will be uh, it will be 40 tonight, but it'll be 80 during the day. You know, so it's. It's kind of tough to keep that cooler temperature to brewmate. Yeah, yeah, definitely. A lot of storms roll through, which is always great for breeding snakes, you know, that kind mm. of stuff. But, yeah. I mean, it's nice to – I mean, you're cold there, so if it's 30 degrees, it's easy to warm a, a room up instead of messing around with cooling it one day and heating it another day. Yeah, absolutely. And now you'll be at the OG Carpet Fest. <laughs> yeah, there you go. We got to get Evan up there. <laughs> he won't come. He's one of those talkers. He's not a doer. He's not a doer. Unless it comes to queso at Carpet Fest yeah. or whatever else. Or his crawfish boil. He said Carpet Fest is the thing that helped get a lot of us together. One of the best things I ever did other than my kids. <laughs> Good job. That's, that's hardcore. <laughs> wow. So what's up next as far as I know you are this year, mostly carpets. What's on deck? Are there any other python species on deck after this? Maybe next year? (sighs) Next year. Um, Yeah, next year I could possibly have a shot at scrub pythons. Um, I could have a shot at uh, a lot of anteresia stuff like Mm -hmm. um, children, spotted, stimpsons. Do you have pygmies? I do. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, what else? I'm trying to think what else I got. Uh, that's of age. Blood pythons are possibility. Um, that, and then probably. That, those are red bloods or? Red bloods, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because I know so, you have Barney or Borneos rather from Matt, right? Yes. Yeah. I mean, when it comes to short tails, I don't think there's anybody, well, especially Borneos. I mean, You'll be able to see his spot too, man. But holy shit, he has some of the most. I'm looking. I'm wearing his, his shirt from him <laughs> tonight, Philly Herb. Um, but uh, he's an awesome guy, man. Really, really awesome guy. But another guy that I met just, you know, just by doing the show, and he lives right around the corner from me. You know, it's like. Did you know shit. him before from shows, or did you just hit him up from no. guys in the area? No, I just, uh, you know, it was, uh, I was looking for somebody to do a short tail show. So I just, you know, I looked up Borneo short tails and when I looked it up, uh, his name popped up and I was like, he lives in Philadelphia. What the hell? You're looking for all this shit and it's all just right next to you. Yeah. Like, how do I not know this? So I messaged him. He came on the show 
And then, like, I think maybe after that, and we kind of, you know, hung out or something. I asked to go see his collection, and then, you know, then we just became friends. Now every year we do the the Tinley Park, uh, you know, travel. Him, me, Owen. Um, this year we had Buddy Buscemi with us. You know, it's just cool. Like I'm, I'm driving to Tinley Park, spending what 14 hours in a car with these oh, guys. Shit. And it's like, you know, <laughs> you need to do that. You need to record that. I did it by <laughs> myself, but not with other guys. <laughs> That'd be an interesting podcast. How many or how did you guys manage to get? You know, you guys probably span at least two or three tables at Tinley. So, how are you packing all these animals? And what vehicle are you driving? <sighs> Uh, we, so Matt has a, uh, what the, um, he has my ver I have a Nissan Titan and he has like the enclosed version of it. I can't think of what it's called. Um, certainly it's not the- a Prius or something. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Sorry for all you environmental people that you know. <laughs> we're green. We went over this in the beginning, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm gonna get a lot of hate now. Um, no, we take that and we take a trailer with us and, uh, oh, you take actually, a trailer. Yeah, yeah, we take a trailer, so. Do you do any supplement, like, you don't do any supplemental heat, you just let it ride? We do heat packs, and, like, you pack them like you're shipping them. That's what I do. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so, um, and then when we get to the show, we put, like, uh, heat cord in the the displays, so, you know, they can warm up that way. Mm -hmm. That's pretty much it. Sorry, Uh, Evan said he's going to make it. To the to the OG one, he said, we'll "Just watch." When he gets just there. watch. It's a lot of talk, man. I don't <laughs> believe it till I see it. <laughs> also, someone said Owen was being a dick to people at Tinley. I don't know what that was. About. <laughs> I mean, that doesn't surprise me. Wait, yeah, someone else said a lot of people were talking about Owen being an ass at Tinley. What? <laughs> Oh shit! Well, <laughs> Owen's like, uh, there's a reason why Owen doesn't contact the guest and why Owen doesn't be the public <laughs> figure of Morelia Python Radio. <laughs> That's on purpose. Y'all are the balance. You talked about that. He challenges yeah. you. Y'all, y'all balance yeah. each other. That's yin and yang. That's the cool thing. As far as you are, you are seemingly the nice one. <laughs> And I am, we have the same thing. I'm a fucking dick, and she doesn't know anything about snakes, but she's kind of like, all right, she's a little warm. Okay. (laughs) I think it is good that I don't know and you know, because I... Because you get to ask lower-level questions, I guess. And make you explain shit. (laughs) One of the cool things that I I like from, from, I listen to you guys, I don't watch you guys, but... Like when I hear it, like she's asking questions that are from a different perspective. And I think sometimes when, you know, when you're into this and you're, you're just like, you know, so involved in it, you kind of lose sight of those questions. So like when somebody's tuning in and they're like, what the hell are you talking about? What the hell's cover girl? Poison Ivy. What what are you talking about? Bowling Ivy? What is that? (laughs) You know, like. Or like people so, don't don't understand the sarcasm I may have shitting on IJs or vice yes. versa, you know, with yeah. jungles or coastals, you know, like I'm like, yeah, I'm pissed off that you think that jungles are <laughs> coastals, but really I'm just kidding because it doesn't matter, you know, like right. we both just like. But it's like y'all, snakes. once you know, you can't go back and it's like, I don't know. So I'm that 
little like, voice. Like, we could talk all day but without people understanding. Yes, yeah. exactly. Uh, like, it yeah. could be a whole different idea if we wanted it to be. And when sure. we were with yeah. Dr. Travis Weinman, it was most was a definitely whole a whole different language. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's, he's on a whole nother level, that guy, man. <laughs> That's why it's like you get Nick and him together, and it's like... <laughs> that would be very dry, interesting. Struggling. Like, I love those <laughs> yeah, like, podcasts. I was real happy when Herp Nation was doing these podcasts, yeah. and it was like, you know, they were doing more... Uh, for lack of a better word, like nerdy science type of podcast. And it's like, everybody has this niche, you know, it's like, and then you go in that niche and we're like, kind of like the in-between. Sometimes we get a little nerdy, but not too nerdy, you know, <laughs> you know, like, or we, you know, cause we don't know to be any smarter than what we are. You know what I mean? Like we can't take it to the next level. <laughs> and then when you're talking to these other guys and they're talking about the Pliocene era and like, yeah. you know, and you're like, all right, uh, this is a whole nother <laughs> level of shit, man. You know, once Nick says Pleistocene, I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I can't even know. say it right. You know, <laughs> like, holy shit. All right, it's about to get real now. He's breaking out the, you know, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that says a lot to our hobby as far as like, um, there's so many different moving parts as far as like, I'm not willing, I'm not the best guy with natural history. People sometimes ask me, like, Hey, what about, you know, Lilypad often asked me about different type of like scales or different like uh, biology, physiology of snakes and stuff like that. I'm like, man, I am not the person. If you want to breed a snake in a box, I may be the person, <laughs> but right. otherwise I am not that I'm great, not the you guy. know? Yeah. I mean, I'm always trying to push myself to the next level, but, you know, uh, and the way I do it is just by talking to these people and you know picking their brain or reading you know constantly reading but even then like you know it's it's kind of intimidating like to go on a podcast and say words that you read that you know you know like how do you say you know morelia chenii or you know what i mean like shiny i'm gonna eye. butcher this one or whatever you, know? <laughs> you laugh at me for calling it shiny eye and i don't, I don't know what it is I don't, <laughs> or yeah. even like brettles when y'all switched to bread like i was like wait wait i had to stop and be like are y'all talking about the same thing like i I didn't yes. even realize. I don't think any of us know. <laughs> Bread Do you know? What? Yeah, but like Bread both Bothrochill. Breadlie, what is it? Moralia Breadlie is the scientific name. Breadles is, they just call you it that because they want to call it, <laughs> it Breadlie. You know, I guess like it's really central python. Yeah. <laughs> They're not even carpet pythons. And people lump them in with carpet pythons. but They, they are and they aren't, you know. I mean, the thing is. They're sisters. Yeah. There's these weird species that aren't carpet pythons, but we all keep olives or we all keep centralians or we all keep chondros. There's bolins. There's some things that Morelia people are just inherently seemingly interested in. Yeah. Yeah. They like that prehensile tail that like the skinny snake that sits on a stick, you know, with the chunky head. And some people like fat snakes with, you know, short tails and, you know, it just depends on what you like, you know. You Unfortunately like for me, I like it all, <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, yeah. If you're going yeah. for all these different pythons, you got to. So have uh, you gone um, berm retic, African rock, all that stuff? Yeah. I, You know, I was looking for a pair of African rocks forever, forever, for years. And uh, I kept them before a while back on, like, 
2003, I think I had African rocks and I actually scored a pair of Tinley. I couldn't believe it just by accident. I was cruising Facebook and somebody said that they had African rocks for sale. And I was like, done, you know? And like when I went to pick them out, they were biting me and shitting on me. And I was like, yeah, this oh, is still, awesome. You still wanted it? You were I can't like... wait till these are 15 feet. Yes. <laughs> They're so cool. Um, so yeah, I have um, a pair of African rocks um a pair of retics and a pair of berms and actually i just bought a female dwarf berm um there's dwarf so berms? i didn't even know that yep. mm-hmm. so how does yeah. that come from because i know dwarf retics mainly come from islands which obviously have maybe migratory food or something that's stunting their growth but where did dwarf berms come from uh, they come from, I don't know what the island is. I can't remember off the top of my head, so but they, same thing, same thing as those retics, you know, um, oh, they're okay. like, and, uh, apparently I don't, I'll see it tomorrow. It actually comes tomorrow, but, um, their eyes are a little further up on their head, like an anaconda because they spent a lot of time in water. But, uh, I think they max out at about eight feet is what they max out. Really? At. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So don't don't think as, about that. Don't, that don't doesn't mean the respiratories, <laughs> you know, within a week. Uh, that sounds yeah. really interesting. As far as respiratories, <laughs> do Africans are Africans as prone as maybe berms are to that kind of thing? You know, I'm not really sure, but I, I think probably I would say yes, just because I think that really comes from uh, just the fact that you know people keep them in a smaller cage, like. I don't know. You know, we were talking about this the other day. That could be. And just them stretching out and getting air into their lung. I mean, imagine being bent in half. You know, you would be like probably hard to breathe too, you know? (laughs) So less than jail for most humans. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm going to probably shoot for like maybe 10 foot cages at the minimum with those big snakes, you know, just so they can spread out. I know Jeff Hardwick only has success with his olives in, you know, giant cages. So I was wondering maybe if people would adapt that for other species. As far as Crutchfield keeps, you know, retics and outdoor and berms in outdoor enclosures. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I never bred. I mean, berms were like my first love. I I love them. I've had them for years. Yeah, 10 years old. Yeah. And (laughs) that snake actually grew to be, I think, 18 feet. I, I got that to be, it was, it was a big berm, you know? And, um, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I never bred them because back then nobody cared about breeding. Right. It was like, you just wanted to, you know, have the, the species and, you know, but this last over it and call it a day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this past year I didn't breed at all. Um, and, I think it refocused me and reset me. It was good to take a year off and just just enjoy my snakes. You know what I mean? Just enjoy the collection and not be worrying about, oh, my God, I got to drop the temps and do this and do that, you know, and uh, I don't know. It was just – it was nice. It was uh, it was a good reset. But How do you feel about will you be freaking out and maybe, you know, four years breeding all these pythons, getting eggs, <laughs> trying to do – a million different drops or different things to get them to breed. I think my theory is this. I think that in, in, in reality, I think that pythons really for the most part are all require the same thing. Like I, I really believe, you know, believe that you could probably keep them the same way. You know, it's harder with like wild caught stuff. 
but I think that they all need this, you know, the same thing. But I, I'm just talking my thoughts. Hopefully, the more experience I have with working with all these different species, I'll be able to answer that better. You know. Well, I will supplement that with the Terry Phillip method is obviously something you've talked about, which Terry Phillip believes that pretty much all species can thrive at you know just giving them 80 degree ambient. I don't know if I believe that across the board, but I keep my corn snakes, like I keep my carpet pythons, like I keep my olives, like I keep my water, like I keep my chondro, like I keep everything. So, I mean, there may be some merit in there as far as maybe we're trying too hard and given different requirements. Yeah, I think that, you know, you're trying to replicate nature in a bot. You know, the greatest thing that Terry Phillip ever said when talking to him was like, if you look at some rattlesnakes that are out in the Midwest, Occasionally, they're in an environment where the snow will happen. Do you shovel snow into their cage to replicate? <laughs> I mean, it's just ridiculous. You know, I'm when trying. you think about it that way, it's like, oh shit, get the shovel, honey. I'm going to, you know, shovel snow <laughs> into the cage. Like I mean, it's just silly. You know, it, it's yeah. when you think about it like that, you're like, holy shit, you know, like, am I like overthinking this? And I think sometimes we do, we overthink things. You know, I think it's a lot simpler than what we make it out to be. Well, it's hard because that's what you have to compare it to. I feel like, you know, oh, well, in nature, da 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 da. Well, in nature, da 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 da. So then pe- but some people. But also, are like, people, I think, ignore the macroclimate, say, Indonesia to the microclimate, as far as, you know, something that's living in a burrow is going to have a different microclimate than something in the trees. So if you're keeping a chondro the same as something that burrows in the ground, maybe it's different. I don't know what's your yeah. view on that. So, yeah, you're 100% right. Like, I think that, like, um, you know, there's this guy that contacts me from Australia all the time, and, like, he listens to the show, and he'll contact me, and he'll tell me, you know, what it's really like in the environment or what the snakes are really doing. I mean, he's been in, in, the, in this one section of Australia for 27 years, and he works outside. So, I mean, he's telling me about all these different Centralian pythons that he's seen, and, like, they're hatching, and you'll find them in your house. You know what I mean? Like, that's, you know, <laughs> you're like, to us, that's like, Please. yes! <laughs> I will take that any day. Please just snakes appear Christmas. Yes. Um, but like, you know, one of the things I said the other day is that snakes, I think this was last week or whatever. Uh, I think it was when Ryan was on, but we were talking about snakes always wanting to, they're like avoiding the heat of the day. They're hiding. And he disagreed with that, you know, with certain species where he said that they're in these little microclimates, but they're like warm. And when they come out at night, they're like, they're like warm to the touch and, and, you know, how are they getting that warm? And he said, it's hot there, you know, not like what we, you know, it's not 80 degrees. It's like, <laughs> you know, 90 and a hundred degrees. Of nowhere know? Australia burning hot. Yeah. 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 So I, I mean, I don't know. I think it just goes back to, I think it's good to look at the wild, look at the environment, look at what the snake is doing in the environment or reptile or whatever, and have that as your base. And then sort of like as you're watching the animal, I think that's where people fall short. Again, I go back to that thing where they look at this recipe like they're baking a cake and they're like, oh, well, this is how I breed carpet pythons. So and, da, 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 da. And, and when it doesn't work because they're not looking at the cues of the as I'm staring at my jungle carpet about to attack me across the room. Um, they're uh, they're not looking at those cues from the snakes and tweaking it accordingly. You know, I think the snakes will tell you what they want. You just have to be paying attention. 
Are you at the same part of the year where all your males are cruising around looking for females? Yes. You know, I usually, I, I, we're going to talk. So my show tomorrow is like all about breeding season and we do it every year and we try to make it so that, you know, somebody could listen to it and get some kind of information about breeding. So we do it from start to finish. But one of the questions that I posed is, you know, is there some, uh, is there some benefit to starting your season at the same time every time? Because you talk to some people and they talk about how they follow the outside. You know, it's like when the temperatures start to drop, then they start to drop the temperatures. And then there's other people that say, you know, you talk to somebody like Ryan Young, who starts on November 1st every year. And like when we were talking to him about breeding white lips, there was like three years where he tried to produce white lips and they wouldn't produce. But then eventually that female figured out like what his cycle is and then went into his cycle. Okay. Yes. You know what I mean? So like, again, that comes with patience and just saying like, so which is the right way? I don't know which is the right way, but I kind of, I kind of follow that regimen where, you know, I used to start dropping temps at the beginning of October, but like recently here, it doesn't get cold until November. Now we're cold, but like in October, all of a sudden it will be like, like you're saying how your temps are down there. Like it's 30 degrees and then 80 degrees. And you're like, what the hell, man? How much gives me hope. No, I love that you're saying this. I'm so scared to move to the cold. (laughs) (laughs) But it'll be consistently cold because I've been trying to ship to Connecticut for three weeks and finally I got a day that may be 40 degrees. And then um, I I refreshed it like 10 minutes later when the guy was like, yeah, man, send it today. I refreshed it. It said like 37. I was like, whatever, I'll put a heat back in it. It It will survive. It's a corn snake. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what the right thing is, but I think that the, I, th- I think that there's some warrant, uh, you know, to starting your season at the same time every year. Cause I think that like, you know, when you're talking to somebody like Ryan Young, his females, they start without him even dropping temperatures. They just know this is the time of year. How they know that? I have no idea. But <laughs> that's what I mean, at least with my carpets, I don't have much experience with carpets. But what I can tell you is that I work in this room all the time at my computer so I can see them all day that they started cruising in September. Like I didn't change anything. The hot spots always the same. It's just for some reason the outside comes in, whether or not, you know, we had the thermostat set at 74 the they whole still time. Know. But they right. still know. I don't get how snakes, they just want to well, cycle no matter what. You talk to some people and they talk about how they don't drop temps like, oh, I don't drop temps. My temps stay the same. But in a way, you do drop temps and you don't even realize you're dropping temps like your room is going to drop in the wintertime. Naturally, you know, it's just going to drop even if it's a couple degrees. Maybe they don't need that drastic drop that everybody, you know, thinks they need. Like they have to take, you know, things down to 50 degrees or whatever. When it comes to pythons, you know, Mm -hmm. with carpets like IJs, you just blow and blow a breeze in your room, like, and then all of a sudden they're going to breathe, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you don't have to do anything. You know, it's just like, Ooh, it's a little chilly. Boom. They're breeding, you know? And like, it's funny how you see it though. You see it progress. Like when you have all these different species and you're working with them, mm-hmm. you see like IJs will breed first and Darwin's are next and jungles and coastals. And then, you know, you get into your Southern, you know, springtime breeders. So well, I'll go more specific because I don't have all those subspecies and stuff like that but i have a diamond jungle and my jungles mm-hmm. went a month before my diamond jungle started cruising so it's like even just 
just 83.5% of him said, let's go, you know, a month later. And he went a month later, which is crazy. Just that little yeah. incident. You think they have an inner struggle? Like, I want to breed. No, you can't breed. You're only 87%. <laughs> yeah, they have an identity crisis of some, of some sort. So what am I? Do you think snakes are smarter than we give them credit? No. <laughs> yes and no. I nah. mean, they just do what they need to do to survive, I think, at the very lowest level. Yeah. I think they adapt to whatever it is, you know, and it's just just about being consistent. I think the more important – see, like, when it comes to breeding pythons, I think that, like, let's say that there's, like – five triggers you know and this is how i explain how you know you guys in texas and somebody on the west coast and i'm on the east coast and we all do different things but somehow we all produce so like is it food cycling is it temperature cycling is it light cycling is it you know uh, is it no cycling is it you know what could it be maybe you have to hit on two of them you can hit on any two but if you hit on two you're going to be successful you know what I mean? So they need two of these things and I'm just making this up, but you know, it's, it's how I'm thinking that they work. You know, you, you can't, if you, in order to unlock them, you have to have a lock that hits two of those things. And then all of a sudden they'll go. If you only hit one, you're not going to have success. I can agree, but only with the easiest breeding species. So as far as I've done that with ball pythons, I cycle fed and then also let the room get down a little bit cooler. I've done it with, um corn snakes that never bred you know kept a corn snake for 12 years without breeding it and then all of a sudden i cycle it and not even to 55 degrees i'll just turn the heat off go to 70 room temperature stop feeding and then bring it back up at two months later and they're cycled and ready to go with only hitting one and a half so it's like Absolutely. Yeah, because, I mean, some people drop temps. Some people don't drop temps. Some people drop temps drastically. Some people drop them a little bit. Some people light cycle. Some people mist. You know, it's like all these different things that, you know, do they work? I don't know. But <laughs> somehow you're doing something different and you're having success than what I'm doing. You know what I mean? So. Right somewhere like they figure it out i think they want to breed i mean i think, I think it's... we're all just noticing that we don't know what we're doing yeah <laughs> so, you know, like... we don't have a clue man we're just figuring it out you know yeah but uh... um i have a question so we've yeah. talked a lot about like temperament i think and personality a lot what's in this cup uh, uh cherry coke Ew. What the fuck is that? That's not alcohol. Okay. No, it's not. You've already had four beers. You don't need any more alcohol. <laughs> well, when Bill was here, I don't know if you were drinking, but I drank a six-pack by myself, and that was a good medium. That was a happy medium. These are stronger. <laughs> these, are, That's true. these are much stronger. They were good. I forgot. I liked to, them. Yeah. We should, we, should we plug Shout them? Shout out to Lakewood. The last one sucked dick, but these ones were pretty good. These are holiday the Lakewood bonus. Holiday Bonus, a festive porter. Okay. There you go. All that's, right. a, that's a local favorite, fellas. Uh, Dallas brood. That's interesting. It says it's an ale. Bre- bre- bleh. I was about to say. This is a really shitty okay. beer podcast. What were we say talking about? Ale bread <laughs> with something because, you know, you breed everything. That's what we're talking about. Ale okay. brewed with an orange peel and chocolate. That time. I don't oh, taste wow. the orange taste peel, okay. but. Okay, my question. We, we had something. I was saying a question. That's what was happening. Um, so we've talked a lot about personality. I know we've talked about like breeding scrubs and waiting years and all that other stuff. We need so, scrubs. no, that was not where I was going with that. I was asking, <laughs> Eric, do you think that as keepers, we 
have a large effect on the temperament of our snakes like we've talked about this before about how docile like we've seen you know someone be like i'm the reason why my snake is docile i'm the reason why this and i feel like y'all kind of i feel like 50 about i feel like some of the things y'all have talked about have led to that y'all believe that like snake is really do you think can you you're the reason Um, I think with more, well, I don't know. Um, I think with, uh, with species like retics, um, I think that they're smarter and mm-hmm. they're, they're on a different level. And I think how you act with them will affect how they act with you. I think that they definitely will build a trust with you, but I, I mean, as far as, I don't know, that's hard to say. I mean, some snakes you handle a lot. And then they calm down, you know, then other snakes, no matter what you do, they're, they're just, all, <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's just like they have personalities like people. Some are assholes, some, some are Eric's and some are Owen's. <laughs> <laughs> but my, like, like my pine snakes will never be nice because their natural instincts are just so hardcore for some reason, which seems the same way with scrubs. Their natural instincts are just so overpowering that they're never going to be nice. But some of the corn snake I can tame down. But. But see, I don't I've had a few taming down. I don't see. I think that this is what happened. Like you talk about scrubs. So I had this one scrub and it was, it was probably the tamest scrub that I had and you could handle it very easily. So I would handle it. That would be the one that I would handle. So I think like by it being a little bit more chill that I'm able to handle it, which makes it even more, you know, <laughs> more, more chill. Or whatever. I don't know what you said, but you know what I mean. It's like it's like one of those things where what is causing that? So in order to get it's... proper experiment, we're gonna have to have you handle your biggest dick of a scrub every day. <laughs> now you need to track down. track how That's many all. bites, how it's many. Like... Oh, he's looking at me, or she's looking at me, ready to go. She's, she's like, like, go ahead. Maybe try I can swallow him. That's not really sure. I don't know if I could spin it around to where you could see her. Yeah, but... we showed you ours. Show us yours. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> so this is, I don't know. Oh. Are those all like, uh, what cages are those? Are those AP cages? AP, yeah. See, this is why we need the headphones like him. Yeah, so we can be cool. And and like it, Holy yeah. shit, it's out there. It's coming oh, for you. People are going <laughs> to like this. We never take our snakes out. <laughs> people are going to be happy. No. Yeah, but that's... And how old is this one? Uh, She's two. Okay. And what locality? She is a sarong. Very nice. But... I mean, not going for your face or anything. I mean, she's nah. pretty good. You know what I mean? You can, you can handle them pretty pretty well. Um, She's pretty chill. If you've never seen a grown man get bit by a scrub, let's <laughs> wait a couple it's minutes. It's about to have on the air. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I mean, what? she's not really – I would never trust her 100%. Yeah. But So are y'all yeah. are yours all in cages like that, or do you do any tubs? Like I do that? do tubs, yeah. Okay. Let me lock this up. Yeah, I do. Um, I've just recently switched to – I mean, obviously, she's so big, I wouldn't keep her in a tub. But, right, um, right. right. I think that a lot of people put them in cages. I think that's a keeper thing rather than a, um, you know, a need. Yeah. a need. I think, you know, you take something like ball pythons, they want to be in a tub. 
you know, and, and if they breed good in a tub, maybe that's what they want. Like, just because we wouldn't want to be in a tiny little tub, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Snakes want to feel secure. See, that's how, when I brought up like my DASA question, I feel like obviously I can't control what other people are doing or their thoughts, but as far as how much we can affect their temperament, I, I want to say, I want to err on the side of caution because I feel like if we say that, then people keep, they keep going with it. Like, Ooh, I can, I don't know. Well, how you, no snake how to do wants affection. I think that's the bottom line. I, but I think people are just, Oh, the more you handle it, the calmer it is. So people are like, okay, I take my snake out every day. Right, I take my snake out every day because I like it or because it likes it. And it's like, I just want to be like, no, just stop. Just stop. I don't want to, I don't want to give them that inch to be like, yes, you can make your snake docile. And then they're like, okay, that's why I take it out every day. And I kiss it and I let it fucking sleep with me in the bed and all that stupid shit. It's only sizing it's you like... up when you sleep with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think I sometimes know. they're... I just don't want to even... It's hard. ...say that we have that because effect. people want to love their pets. It's hard to say <laughs> what's going on. Yeah, yeah. You know, people think that, you know, they... No, you don't know Fluffy. She's really, you know, <laughs> it's right, like yeah. right, yeah. and that's why I'm just like. It's, but you I feel don't like it's know easier Fluffy. Easier if you're Eric rather than me, who sells corn snakes and have to tell people that corn snakes are going to bite them, and they don't think it. It's easier when you're like, oh, here's a scrub, so, and like obviously everyone knows everyone it's going to bite. Gonna buy a scrub is going to know what's going to come about you know yeah man you say what you will about pythons but i tell you what man some, the most bites i've gotten from a python is from a ball python but somehow oh, they're, they're the beginner species <laughs> like you know when i was yeah. down down and down there cleaning ball pythons for bill i got bit like three times man it just wouldn't oh, stop shit. biting me i'm like what the hell it's all those petunias that he puts around <laughs> and shit. Those riles them up you know, I, I don't know. I mean, everybody says that they're a beginner snake and beginner python, and I guess there is some validity to that. But you know, but not keeping wise, they're shitty they're so annoying. They're and, and they yeah. shed shitty. They feed shitty. <laughs> you know, I, I don't get it, man. I carpet get... pythons are freaking corn rock solid. Corn snakes are the corn, corn snakes. snakes, though, of pythons. As far as I can keep a python. And or a carpet python, and know it's gonna shed, know it's gonna eat all that. It's I swear it's the it's the corn snake of the carpets. But it's a little bit more aggressive. You know what Maybe. actually led me to carpet pythons was I you know I had all these different again back when I had all these different type of pythons and I was trying to you know do the same thing I'm doing now. Um, I had to move, and I had to move my snakes. And I had to put them somewhere. So I had to put them in my parents' basement and it got cold as shit down there. I mean like cold and pretty much everything except the carpet pythons, the two jungle carpet pythons got our eyes. These things, you know, you would go in and like they bask under this light. They didn't give a shit. It was like 40 degrees in that basement. They <laughs> didn't care. You know what I mean? So, as long so as they could warm up during the day. And jungles got our eyes. Mm. Mm. No, 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 no. At the time, I only had a pair of. <laughs> I only had a pair of. <laughs> I only had a, one pair of carpets at that time, which they turned oh, so out to be some kind jungles? of mutts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so well, I mean... they were sold to me as jungles, but clearly, when the They're thing pure. was twelve feet long, they were not pure. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, that's always a sketchy part of the uh, carpet python thing. It's always a fucking question. What were you going to say with it? Um, so connected to my question, and someone asked this, and I have the same thing too. So if we do have an effect on the, I don't know, the dust, dust temperament, the temperament uh, of a snake, do you think temperament can be bred in or at like selective breeding for temperament? Yes. That's possible? Okay. Just yes, using the I think calmest, that you can calmest. breed for temperament. Yes. Do you think that's captive generations or is that individually based as far as, you know, if you get F4s, they're going to be more, good, you know, better off than F2s. But I think it's a little bit of both. But mm-hmm. I think I think they have uh, – this is going to sound like I'm going against what I said earlier where they're not like people. But I think to a certain extent they have personalities because you have some snakes that are, you know, mean as hell. Then you have others that are super chill and, you know – um, I think that, you know, if you breed a super chill one with a super chill one, I think you're going to get for the most part, you know, really chill babies. And then, you know, if you keep doing that, you're, you know, they become, con- I mean, th- I don't know, like when I first had retics, they were evil, man. Like <laughs> they were just straight up wanted to eat you. And <laughs> now they're like, you know. People have them like, oh, check out my retic. It's super, you know, super chill. <laughs> Let me like, walk down the street. Put it in it. the bathtub. Yeah, and I'm going to walk in the French Quarter or in fucking, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. something to say as far as I have some F1 corn snakes. And mm-hmm. they're sketchy and defensive and rattle and run away from everything. So it's like even corn snakes. But then once you get to F5 and above and all that shit, it's like you still get those some... Out of 20 snakes, you'll get five assholes and 15 really chill ones. So, I mean, you yeah. still get a kind of a range. But yeah, like you, you said, what's to say that's not ca- the captivity nature versus... Well, hard to say. they did it with foxes, you know? Yeah. I mean, you know, there was... Uh, Didn't we talk uh, about this? With Travis Wyman. Yes, and, but we had issues with the the variables and their select about who they were picking. Isn't that what we talked about? Picking the most docile animals. Yeah, but there was other, it was, there's so much subject subjectivity in that. Isn't that what we, we talked about as far as like, what's docile? What's that day that they're picking them out? Reading for what humans like, right? So, right. It's, but it's like the docile is, is subjective. I mean, weren't dogs like that way? At one point they were wolves. Yeah. And then, like, they came around your camp, you know, the fire or whatever, and they're like, okay, well, ooh, they'll feed me. And then, like, you know, it's just they it slowly over time became, you know, Fido in the <laughs> in your living room. Manipulating the animals to serve us more so, I think, than serving the animals themselves. Well, that sounds shitty. <laughs> 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 We're selfish people. I mean, that's human yeah. nature, I think. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> I'm hungry. So, what, <laughs> so what, as far as what do you have left in your Python collection? What do you have left that you haven't checked out besides Golans? Oh, to get? Um, Duns Pythons. Uh, I don't have Duns Pythons. Um, Things that are available, at least. I mean... You can get those, uh, but they're very difficult to get. Um, I don't have Owen Pellies. I don't have rough scales. Oh. I don't have rough scales, and I don't have northern chondros. So, you know. So so that counts for you. Yes. 
Yeah, that, that my, I have Southerns. So I deal with um, Meraki's or Marukis, whatever you want to call them. Um, you know, for chondros, man, they say that they're, you know, they breed these crazy, you know, beautiful snakes and all, but you can't find just somebody breeding locality chondros. Mm. I can't. If you know who somebody that's doing it, let me know. Ah, <laughs> uh, Bushmaster. Heard of him? Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. And then uh, trace that back. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And then you don't even know if it's real. But, you know, I think of a few people that breed just locality specific, but that's what I want. And that's hard to find. So, mm-hmm. so does that are Australians a different species or do those fall into Southern? The southern, the southern um, I think right now they fall into Southern, but I think when I was talking to Daniel Natouche, he kind of splits them into five, five groups. So it's Southern's You're Northern's. Fucked, yeah, I know. Southern's Northern's, uh, Bioc is something different. Um, then, um, Australia, he looks at it as something different, but it is, it is really interesting. Cause you know, Bioc so, you know, it's such a distinct locality. Oh, they're different. some other ones. They are way different. I mean, if you look at a Bioc and an Aru next to each other, they're completely different you snakes. You know, for sure. Yeah, you can tell them apart. Yeah, 100%. Different so, temperaments, activity is everything. What are you going to say? Their tails are different. Their heads are different. Everything is different. I wasn't going to say anything, but I can so, say something. What? Totally different subject. Would you ever get a corn snake? <laughs> me, me? Yes. I had a corn snake. I actually gave him the Owen, though. I had Okatee corn snakes. They uh-huh. were pretty cool. I liked that Everyone's a lot. had a corn Why'd snake. Why'd you give it away? Space. And I know <laughs> Owen's, Owen's on this colubrid kick. So I figure, like, we exchange things all the time. Like, we don't buy from each other. We just say, like, okay. Tradesies. Take this. And now I have this amount of credit with you and, you know, back and <laughs> forth and like, or if it's something that I want to know where the project is going to be, I just give it, give it to him. And then I know where it's at. So right. that makes sense. So basically, even if you give it to him, like you still have it kind of, it's just kind not of. at your right. house. <laughs> right. Like- <laughs> so if I decided I wanted a corn snake from those parent, that pairing, they were beautiful by the way. But like, if I decided that I want that, then I would just be like, Oh, and I want a corn snake again. And just, here you go. Here you go. Take these babies. <laughs> That's my Owen voice. <laughs> For the love of God. <laughs> cool. I didn't know Owen was in the colubrids. I, I oh my he God, he's on a crazy colubrid. Right? He loves that. He's like looking for pine snakes, bull snakes, corn snakes. I got some things for him. King yeah. snakes. Then yeah. he likes rhino rats. You know all those crazy. Uh, Ooh, does he know, have any mandarins? No, he doesn't, but he's looking for them. He has beauty snakes that. and Beauties. rhinos, right? And rhinos, yep. yep. Yeah, we're trying to get maybe do a uh, separate, you know, if we could get two different racks going on or even rooms going on with Asians and North American colubrids. So. Oh, cool. That would be but cool. Yeah, they're cool. Really cool pine projects going on that I don't tell anyone about. That we're supposed to be hush-hush about, but. <laughs> oh, you might want to talk to him then, because he's looking for them things. He wants them bad. I've got. Well, we just the, put them in brumation, so the you could find. Are they hard to find? Um, the ones snakes? that I have, pretty much. There's maybe like two or three a sale for a year. I mean, it took me three years to get a pair. Oh shoot! All right. Now I got, I got, I got fucking two point one, but I take them as much as I can. You know. Nice. That's awesome. 
Wait, I don't know what that meant. Meaning two males, one female. Oh, okay. But I'll breed the same lineage, male to female, because I have one of a different lineage. So I have a Vandy Venter line, a.k.a., you know, the guy who has a jungle line as well. But yes. And then uh-huh. I have a fucking, uh, what's that other guy's name? The scientist out of fucking Louisiana. I forget that guy's name. Starts with a G or some shit. But so you're not breeding too, that. But, li- you're not breeding. But that I'm title. keeping those lines separate because that's probably an old man. I'll probably let him be an old man, and then I'll breed and them together because them. they're like red and fucking. They're cool. Nice. They're. I'm very interested to see their babies because they're bitch. They're such dicks. Tame. Those are not tameable snakes at all. <laughs> like, we're about to make that argument. But like being adults and they're that dick. Like, what are their babies gonna be like? They're all dicks from. from so, just, the but are they, the grave, are they worse? They're are, they, are the babies worse even more? I find that. Um, you know, the pines act a lot like rattlesnakes, which makes it really predictable as far as um, their assholes. Hundred percent of the time, do the hundred percent of the time do the same shit. You know, they coil up, they rattle, they bite, which is why I would like. I think I'd like scrubs because no, you know, they you, are dicks. Okay, you like they're, coiling up and rattling and biting. Yeah, but okay. scrubs are a lot more are a lot more athletic. I can <laughs> tell you that. But. You should start with a smaller scrub, like a tannin bar. Start with one of them. <laughs> I mean, that's what I want anyway. The day you Just get a scrub, a nice bar again, neck. The know, day nice you get a scrub, I get my neck. white lips. Yeah, they're assholes. Oh, you want too. white lips? I want they're a white lip. Yeah, white you lips are cool, man. I want a white lip. Because I just right, feel we'll like that. it goes with our olive water, like, kind of. Saint, our vibe with the olive and waters. I feel like they go. Owen's trying to breed them this year. Maybe okay. it'll be like, oh, yeah. we can do some some pine uh some pine white lip trades. They're not exactly no. equally equal. <laughs> no, they're not. <laughs> they're not. But we can we'll throw something in there. <laughs> Gold um, bars or something. Uh, <laughs> uh, beer. We got beer. Here we go. Yeah. That's all we got. <laughs> we'll steal the sickness from you Bill might... and bring it up to Philly with us. Well, now that you talk about it, we can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. Owen wouldn't take the sickness. He's really? not a chondro. That's true. Yeah, he wouldn't even. Damn. He's like the only guy I know that Who is not care. does not like chondros. He's just like, yeah, whatever. It's a ball python on a stick. <laughs> well, damn, that's okay. I, I love them, but then again, it's like they don't do it for me either. So it's like chondros that you own. Yeah, I love. You condos. literally have like. What do you mean it I doesn't one, do it for no, me? You own it. <laughs> I don't know, Eric. Do you have any any pythons that you're like? All right. Well, this fits in my puzzle, but it's like not necessarily you would keep it if you could only keep, you know, a few species or a few animals. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I see what you're saying. Like, your you least know, favorite show. <laughs> I see what you're saying. Like to me, chondros are like one of those type of type of snakes. Like, you know, they're cool. I like them. But like, I don't know if I could only pick one, it would not be a chondro. Right. Yeah, we're not. It's just you don't get any behavioral cues off them at all. They're either moving or not moving 90% of the time. Look, man, I, I, I don't say it in a – I'm not saying it in a negative way, but they are kind of a ball python on a stick. I mean they sit <laughs> there on a stick. Look, but they look – They're beautiful looking. Right. They look awesome. You they're know, a diamond on a stick. Thank you. Let's correct okay. that. Well, they're, <laughs> they're a diamond on a stick. Yeah. I probably would be diamond pythons would be the one that I would work with. They're probably yeah. one of my favorites. Yeah, I, I really like diamond pythons a lot. They're really cool snakes. 
So wait, what's your? So you're saying your condros are your least favorite ones? Is that what you're saying? Oh, I don't know if I'm saying that, but um, yeah, I don't know. That's a hard one. I mean, they're 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 way down on the list. That's why I don't have a whole lot. <laughs> well, are you, um, are you tending more towards uh, Morelia-like species, or like blood pythons down on the list as well? Is it more like you tend to go towards Morelia? I used to, but now no. I mean, like really, my favorite snake, probably, you know, if. If I could only keep one pet, it would probably be a Burmese python. They're just like they're just cool. I mean, you know, they're they're big, they're stupid, they're you know what I mean, they're just I don't know. I like that color, their color pattern. I like that pattern. Yeah. I like the color that they have. I just think they're cool. A nice Maybe it's nostalgia for me. Yeah, that makes sense. Granite berm? Yeah. I mean, as yeah. far as I don't give yeah. a shit about any berms, a natural retick or a granite berm, I could do that. I, you know, honestly, when it comes to retics, everybody focuses on morphs and all, and, and you know they're hard to beat when it comes to that. But to me, just a regular, regular retic is—they're freaking awesome, man. You don't like, get much insane. natural grays and yellows. Nah, they're you know, freaking beautiful. Pythons. I know you love retics, but I even during this conversation, I thought like, damn, I just want someone to give us one for a little bit, and then I want to give it back. Cut. You want to grow them up and then send them to somebody when they're growing up? Like, they're, I mean, uh, just being around Ryan, like, I really like some of his, but I'm not trying to have a big one yeah. like that. You get real weird and real, um, you get kind of talked over to shit when you have people that live near you, which you may not have Borneos if it wasn't, if Matt didn't live right in your backyard. I probably wouldn't think about retics if I didn't have Ryan in my backyard holding them every day. And I'm like, fuck, there's some real shit here. Like, I really like these things, you know? Once yeah. you get that contact, you know, yeah. it's kind of over even, for you. Even worse, it's the show. Like, doing the show, yeah, I'm talking too, to yeah. somebody each week. It's like, oh, man, they're really cool. And then you start researching them, and you're like, what the hell? These are awesome. How did I not know about these? And then you're like, I want a pair, you know? And then you yeah. talk to the person, and they're super pumped about it, and you're like, these are cool species, but I, I stay in my, I stay in my lane, my Python lane. You know, I have never ventured out into boas or anything like that. I think you have to kind of draw those lines at some point or else you're fucking all over the place. And then your keeping gets all out of whack. Speaking of that and drawing lines, since your name is port city pythons, we just got another comment on YouTube. As we're sitting here, I got a notification on my phone. So I'm being like, why the fuck is your name port city pythons? You don't keep any pythons. Like, yeah. Everyone just shits on that. <laughs> you're EB Morelia, and you're gonna have more than Morelia. So, although Morelia yeah. is so much more broad, so much cooler because if you have pythons, people who enjoy pythons don't care. Yeah, if you were breaking it down into genuses, they are the coolest python. I mean, hands down, there's there's nothing cooler in my mind. You know, I mean, prehensile tail, long, skinny, big head, nice scales, beautiful eyes. I mean, come on, that's everything you want. Yeah. But but the thing is, people know you as Eric from NPR, from EB Moralia. It's not like they know what his thing is because he puts his thing out there. Just like I hope they know what my thing is because I put myself out there. So if I'm Port City Pythons, I hope they know that 
I have a good collection of cord snakes, which doesn't make any sense. I'm just tired of people getting mad at So I'm sure Eric would, you know, Eric, how would you combat you being (laughs) E.B. Morelia and trying to sell something that's not Morelia? Well, I mean, everybody does some et cetera stuff. I mean, if you look at my collection, the majority of my collection is Morelia. You know, I mean, there's no doubt. I mean, probably maybe 60% of my collection is Morelia. So... You know, but I, I get what you're saying. Like, and I, I toyed with that in the beginning. Like, when you're trying to come up with a name, like, what do you name it? You know, to, you know. At one point, I was EB Pythons, and I was like, well, why am I naming it EB? And I'm like, yeah, you know what, Morelia is my thing. You know, so I'm just gonna go with EB Morelia. It just had a, it had a better ring than EB Pythons. It was like EB Pythons. It just, I don't know, it sounded like. <laughs> no, it sounds great. And the thing is, with me, I was like, oh, I never want to be one of those acronym guys because everyone is an acronym guy so i was like port city pythons it'll be fine but then i get out of pythons and i'm like fuck i'm fucked anyway i cornered myself (laughs) anyway when i try not to corner myself yeah (laughs) who gives it yeah it's hard yeah yeah but you're doing the podcast so people will know what you do you know what i mean exactly and then if you ever want to get python i mean you have pythons it's not like you don't have them i just don't breed them well (laughs) They're just all males by accident. Yeah, also fucked up with having them all males. So. Oh yeah. Well. That's the thing, man. It's just need girls now. Prehensile tails, as far as people probing them, aren't very. Uh, it's not that reliable. Yeah, that can be uh, that can be trouble sometimes. I mean, the first time I tried to breed carpets, uh, I put them together, and I didn't know anything about male combat. And holy uh-huh. shit, I was like, "What the hell is going on?" <laughs> like, you know, these two. I think they were like eight foot carpet pythons are just like entwined, smacking each other against the <laughs> you know the ground. I'm like, "Whew," you know. Yeah, but it's pretty off. You learn quick. <laughs> yeah. So was it hard? I know I wasn't home when you put yours together. I just saw the pictures. Was it is it hard to separate them during that? Mine were so small it isn't, but I don't know about eight, you know, places or anything like that. Yeah, it was it was tricky. Yeah, yeah it was tricky. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, Eric, is there anything you'd want to get out there before we get off as far as uh, put your website, your Facebook page, anything like that? Uh, my website is ebmorelia.com. Uh, for my podcast, it's moreliapythonradio.com. Um, that's it. If you have a question or a comment, you can contact me at eric at ebmorelia.com. I'm on Facebook, uh, Facebook, Instagram. Yeah. And if you haven't gathered by now, listen to Morelia Python Radio because. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of, it's, it's way, it's (laughs) such a big integral part of why I started this podcast, which I was listening to reptile radio back in the day. And then you guys picked up and then they fell off. So it's like such a big part of what we are able to do as far as taking from you guys. Uh, We try every day to not be exactly like Morelia Python radio, but all of our friends are from Morelia Python radio and you guys do Morelia (laughs) Python radio a lot better than we'd ever do Morelia Python radio. So it's like, it's like shit. They were just like, we can't have them too. No, No, you guys are doing a great job, man. I listen all the time. You know, I, I think you guys are doing awesome. So, Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you, everyone who's listening to us right now, everyone on Facebook. Um, You can visit us, portcitypythons.com. We have shirts available. Shirts. Shirts available through the grapevine. 
And um, what else do we have? I actually, I want to. You I do? Chondro, motherfuckers. We got some. Up your ego okay. This shirt. All Keep on going. All Keep the on shirts going. on the website were designed by you. And yep. I think they're cool. One of them is just our logo. One of them is snakes and beer. Because that's pretty much what we nice. do. Nice. <laughs> and then one of them is uh, on the shirt. It says Chondro snob. Because um, Bill's a Condra <laughs> snob, and that's how we came up with Condra <laughs> snobs. <laughs> nice. Because Condra snobs are just Condra snobs. They're just above everyone else. Yeah. So that's right. Anyone who's listening, check out the website. Get some shirts. <laughs> or a Condra phone case, because you're oh, a Condra yes. snob. We also do have phone cases on there with uh, our green tree python. That's your least favorite, but it's the one you chose. Oh, shit. You guys got phone cases, too? You are legit. Um, yeah, man. It's pretty <laughs> legit over here, you know. Um, Evan's, Evan's Carpet Cartel at Carpet Cartel. On Facebook yeah, or whatever. Just because Everett's talking so much, I'll give him a shout out. Evan says he should change his name to Condro Cartel. That he should. It does ring the same. It rings the same, <laughs> but it's what he's actually working with. He has zero carpets now. <laughs> yeah. Or Southern Carpet Fest Cartel, whatever you would like. <laughs> <laughs> or just change it to Southern Carpet just Fest just Facebook Southern group. Fest. You know. But Eric, thank you so much for being here. It's hard for us yeah, to no stop problem. this stuff because we just fucking keep on talking like <laughs> I know the feeling. <laughs> thank you guys so much for joining us. If I didn't say that before, peace out. Thank you.